This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Chad, the Gaming Dad. And I'm Tommy. And uh, before we get started in this uh, interview with Tommy, why don't we tell everybody about Chad's channel? You want me to tell them about my channel? Okay. That is correct. I do want you to tell everybody about your channel. <laughs> I have a YouTube channel. How about that? Talk about video games and stuff. Um, yeah, mine's kind of a mixed bag. I go with a lot of different things from... You saw some arcade one-ups and stuff on there, but also all the way back to what we're going to be talking about with Tommy with the Intellivision. Uh, there you go. Yeah, there's the Space Spartans one right there. So, yeah, I just I cover all kinds of stuff, pretty much stuff that I'm into. The funner runs are my reviews where I will tell you if a game is fun or if you should run. And uh, <laughs> I like it. then I have some other things that I do. Um, you know, there's some flea market stuff there, too. A little bit of everything. You know, I can't decide what i want to do so i just do a little bit of everything and it's all game stuff though and a, a little channel called the krillcast reviewed him a while back so you know that he's uh krillcast certified <laughs> yes tommy tell That's everybody about uh about video games live yeah video games live is my uh touring worldwide touring uh live concert series uh it's been going on for almost 20 years now uh obviously uh you know we we did a couple shows at the beginning of the year. We were in uh, uh, we were in Doha, Qatar, in the Middle East, and uh, we did like three or four shows. And then when the uh, when the uh, the zombie apocalypse went down, um, <laughs> we we uh, you know the the show got put on hold till. Uh, but we start up again on January second, and we're in Salt Lake City. Uh, with the Utah Symphony there, and we, you know, kind of do it. It's something, you know, within television. I, you know, being obviously my main uh, my main deal. Uh, so I've had to cut way back on the shows. I used to do forty, fifty shows a year around the world. So you know, mm. one a week basically, um, in some part of the planet. But uh, so now I, I cut it down to about like fifteen, twenty shows a year, and I'll do them like on weekends. So I'll. I'll fly out after work on a Friday night, set up Saturday morning, rehearse Saturday afternoon, show Saturday night, get back on a plane, and I'm home by uh, Sunday afternoon again. So <laughs> that's uh, well, yeah. Video games live is all the greatest video game music played by a full orchestra and choir, and there's you know rock and roll lighting and synchronized video screens and a stage show production, interactive elements with the crowd. Uh, I play guitar uh, for for parts of it, so uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really just fun for the whole family. That was my whole goal was, can we bring families together, whether you've played a video game or not, you know, coming out and having this great appreciation of video games and also showing how video games are so artistic and uh, culturally significant. So, you know, a lot of the formula I've used in that and, and the TV shows uh, I've done in the past, all kind of, you know, bringing that together with, with in television as well. I just like to remind people that Tommy is a very passionate workaholic. Yes. <laughs> very yes. passionate. I don't workaholic. call it work though. Is this work? What? I, sure. Dude, you know, performing in front of tens of thousands of people on a week. This isn't work. This is fun. <laughs> Making video game consoles and being on TV. This is this is all fun. That's not work at all. Well, you work very no hard at it. I mean, I, I can't believe you do all of this stuff and, and still find a way to be sane. It's it's really cool. So you're hey, working hard at having fun. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, so the other thing, what, what are you besides the uh, video games live guy? You also are the CEO of what company? 
Yes, in television, you see the little <laughs> running man next to my head right there. Where is he? Oh, oh no, he's on this side. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I became the uh, CEO and president of Intellivision uh, about three years ago and uh, creating a brand new video game console uh, for families uh, called Amico. Um, which is uh, the Italian word for friends. But uh, the four cornerstones uh, of the company are simple, affordable, family, and entertainment. And those those uh, four words uh, spell out safe. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's a, a little bit. Uh, yeah, if, if you're interested at all, go to our, uh, hey, I know that guy, uh, <laughs> go to our um Go to our YouTube channel. We have a we have a bunch of uh, you know trailers and gameplay footage uh, like this. You know, it's not something that I'm not trying to compete with the PlayStation or Xbox or the Switch or PC gaming. Uh, it, it's really again, it's bringing gaming back to its roots. All of our games uh, have uh, multiplayer uh, couch co-op. Uh, either in a versus mode or cooperative mode. Uh, there's no online play. It's all in person. So every game has a single player and a uh, uh, and a multiplayer. All the games are $9.99 or less. It comes with two controllers. It's the first video game system in 30 years since the Super Nintendo that actually uh, has two separate controllers. And the controllers are very different and unique. You can see them there. They got color touchscreen and a dial and speaker, microphone, wireless contact charging, uh, touchscreen, force feedback, RFID, LED buttons that light it up, gyroscope, accelerometer. Look, here's one now. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it's it's something that's, uh, that's really unique. And none of our games are violent. Or, uh, you know, again, they're all it's all family friendly content. So uh, there's no sexual content, nudity. Uh, um, oh, uh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nice talking to you. Um, and all that stuff. So it really is, you know, the whole idea concept like video games live and like these other things I've done is creating something that brings people together and that they can all play no matter what your skill level. So if you remember 15 years ago, the Wii came out, right? Like my mom bought a Wii, you right. know? And, 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 and she could just do this and, and go bowling, and that's all she ever did. She never bought another game for it. She just kind of, you know, did that. And, and no one ever really followed up with that. And now, of course, mobile has taken over the hyper-casual market. And so, uh, you know, so we're kind of like, kind of that in-between, right? From like, you know, the, the big three consoles and the PC master race folks as well. Um, and so you got those that are expensive, very complex, complicated machines and very solitary, right? Multiplayer gaming for the most part uh, on most consoles because of the internet now means a kid in a dark room with his headphones on. Obviously there's exceptions mm -hmm. there, but mm -hmm. you know, um, and then you have mobile, which is like just a complete cash grab you know, they're designing the games around how much money they can suck out of you. Um, and there's zero curation. There was a, there was, there's 40,000 games a week across Android and iOS that came out last year, two million games. So, and still xCloud curation. got blocked somehow. <laughs> uh, right? And again, it's a solitary device. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, with the exception of like Jackbox, you know, all the games, you're just, you know, you're, you're buried your face in your phone. So, so, you know, we're kind of in between there, right? We have all the hyper casual casual and we have arcade and, and, and recreational sports and, and, and some good shoot 'em ups and, and stuff like that. So it's really kind of, you know, uh, a system for everyone, whatever you're into. Uh, but again, the focus being on families and friends uh, getting together. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when we want to get started with this, these questions here, I've, you've answered some of them kind of, but we're going to delve in a little deeper. <laughs> yeah. No, give me the hard ones. Come on. Give me some. Before we get started, though, did you see what Will's got behind him in his background here? I see a Oh, I see Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> it's like crotch is rubbing up against your yep. neck. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, nice I'm and warm. Big, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Just a little bit, right? <laughs> a little bit. I got Yeah, it, 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 I have a Spider-Man room in my house, so that, that kind oh. of uh, takes it to the next level of creepy. Um, in fact, a, a funny story. Um, I was good, dear friends with Stan Lee for many, many years. In fact, the very first video games live show ever was at the Hollywood Bowl with the L.A. Philharmonic and, you know, 12,000 people. Um, and Stan came to that show and he did the red carpet for me and he loved it. And he's like, he goes, ah. I don't know what any of these games are, but the music sure sounds great, kid. <laughs> but uh, and the, the funny part was though, because we would always, uh, I'd always, uh, we both had AOL email accounts, mm-hmm. and so we would always uh, talk, you know, chat over email or, or talk on uh, on our AOL accounts. And so I sent him a picture of my Spider-Man room, and it's so funny because I printed out his response to me, and I have it hanging up in the Spider-Man room. Mm-hmm. He goes. Uh, he goes, kid, you got a problem. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that being said, the first question I have for you, uh, for those that have not seen anything about the Intellivision Amico yet, what is the shorter version of what you've already said? Uh, uh, the shorter version, I mean uh, – you know, a simple, affordable family entertainment machine that anyone can play no matter what your skill level. That's perfect. I love that summary. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think you got that next question. I think he's going to like me. it. I think he's going right to like there. it. There's me playing my television when I was 12. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So let's get this one right out of the way. Um, how many times have you asked Sony to license a 2D size growing Spider-Man on the Amico? And uh, any chance you'll get that? I know, right? Uh, so, so I haven't I, we haven't approached them yet. Um, as you know, they have the exclusive, and so I don't think uh, I don't think you know Spider Man's, you know they they pay a lot of money for an exclusive, you know for a reason. So they're not you know they're not going to uh, they're not going to be giving us a uh, you know anything anytime soon. Now that being said, the president of Marvel Publishing, John Nee. Uh, is a close personal friend of mine, and um, and so uh, you know we've had uh, I, I, before the zombie apocalypse. Um, I visit him at Marvel uh, in Manhattan. Uh, it was back in uh, February. It was during when we were out for Toy Fair, and uh, and we spoke about some things. And then 
And then recently he's back in Orange County because that's where he's uh, he, that's where he is. He lives when he's not working uh, in New York. Um, and uh, he's right down the street from me, actually, um, a couple miles away. And uh, and so we've you know, we're, we're talking, we're talking, but obviously Sony. But, you know, there might be some ways to uh, to potentially put something together with them. So we're, we're certainly talking. But right. That's what you want, right? A 2D Spidey game. Like, yeah. let's do it, you mm -hmm. know? So easy. Like, like uh, I mean, there's many, you know, actually even in television and Atari and back in the mm -hmm. day, you know, there was some, there was some uh, uh, somewhat crappy ones, but, but, <laughs> but there were some good ones though, too. And, and it would be, that would be super cool. You, you remember the, you guys remember, I know, uh, William, you'll probably remember this, but remember the, uh, Remember the the uh, game arcade game Jungle King. Ooh, remember we had sure. swung on the vines. It was oh, also yeah, called yeah, yeah, Jungle yeah. Hunt. Yes, Jun I yeah. do remember this. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. We're, remember you're swinging from vine to vine, and you, you know, mm -hmm. like you can see something like that with Spider Man. You know, like like <laughs> yeah. doing stuff and going over. You know, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. Well, it's on the top of my list. Trust who me. Would, who would be the main villain for that game? Who would you be? Who would be I mean, you got to go with Green Goblin, right? Okay. But I'm, but okay. I, but I would go with classic. I would go with classic Romita Senior mm. art. Okay. You know, um, that, that he was my favorite because that there it is. Look at that guy. Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're quick, man. Real fast is quick. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> look at that. You just put Spider Man in there, and you know, and 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 you have to shoot your web too. It's like you're there. Uh, put it in the city. Get that stupid hat and shorts off the dude. And, uh, <laughs> And there you go into the water, and then you, then you're fighting. Uh, you, maybe you can stab Aquaman in here. We'll do a DC crossover. Um, <laughs> and but, then at uh, the end, when you take off the mask, it's Tommy's face. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's that. That was always the, um, you know, the Spider-Man I grew up on, and the, and the people who would have grown up on in television, you know, remember the Spider-Man comics from the '80s. And uh, again, Romita Senior was to me my my favorite uh, personal uh, Spidey. Um, here, I got something for you. Hold on one second. Hold on. <laughs> Talk about killing me. <laughs> I think I know what he's going to show us. So anyway, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to just you know quickly. Maybe I should just do the. See, this is a Romita Senior mask right here. You know, mm -hmm. I, I have many, but this is the uh, this is the classic '80s mask. Um, so there you go. It's kind of creepy. Awesome. I think I saw that um, in a Twitter post. This, you said you're going to wear yeah, that. Yeah, this is my COVID your... mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wear. I'm like, okay, you guys going to make me wear a mask? Well, I hope you don't mind this one. <laughs> Very cool. All right, so I guess it's coming up to me. I have a question. It says. Uh, are you going to have original versions? I know you've said that you're going to have some remakes, things on the Amico yeah. from the Intellivision. Are yeah. they going to come with original versions also? Like you could hit a button and maybe you're actually playing. This is one of my favorites. Is it hey, Space hey, <laughs> So, so a, a funny. Can story, I add one thing two, to that question, real quick? The two guys, the two guys who no. made that game, Space Spartans. Mm -hmm. Look in the credits. Yeah. You'll see William Fisher, Bill Fisher, and Steve mm -hmm. Roney. Yeah. Both those guys still work at Intellivision. They started in 1981. Well, wow. you can tell them I said thanks, because this is one of my favorite ones that I've had ever since. I, I like you, was in those, those same pictures, yeah. sitting in front of the Intellivision 
You have Hell. to send me if you have a picture. Send it to I'm me. I'm not the. I'm not. You're not the only one with with prizes here today. I have an actual. Hey. hey. <laughs> but I have heard that you don't like this one as much. Nah, you know, I mean, I I think it looks cool. It just plays like crap. But this doesn't work on it. And the side buttons are are hard little chicklets. Yeah, like and, the, and the the buttons here were always tough as a kid. But the uh, this is the beautiful thing with with the uh, original old hardware. Why I like retro stuff too. Is that thing still works? It was. It's got seventy-nine oh. on the back of it, and it still works. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I have like, I'm. I mean, I probably have about twenty different Intellivision models uh, here, <laughs> um, and everything from the you know the, the the Japanese version to the some stuff that never even actually you know uh, prototype models and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, every every one of them, uh, one of them, the uh, power unit went out on me. Um, but aside from that, and you know, sometimes you got to clean the uh, the pads where the disc and replace the the plastic, yeah. depending on how how well they were played. But um, yeah, it's 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 solid stuff, right? I mean, it's really good. It works I did see, why is he wearing pink? What the heck was this? I'm going back to Jungle Hunt. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the pink boots and the pink shirt. I must have never made it this far, but very uh, very stylish. So you have some that are coming. I saw a thing that said Bomb Squad. Oh yeah, so so oh by the way, the other game that those guys did before uh, Space Spartans was was uh, B seventeen Bomber. So those are the two guys that uh, did that as well. Um, so um, yeah, so what, what we're gonna do is we have to be really careful because we're launching a brand new console, mm-hmm. and so we don't want people to think that it's some kind of like flashback unit or. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, the NES mini or SNES mini. Oh, there you go. Um, And so so we will eventually release those titles and and it'll be cool now because instead of the overlays like you see you're putting in there, of course, you'll have those right on the screen now. But um, but yeah, that's something that we'll probably do in like year like at the end of the year, year two, going into year two of the console, because we just don't want there to be any confusion out there. Right. Um, and we don't want people reviewing this stuff because, you know, there's 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 been a million things like that already. And gosh, that looks like a, a TIE fighter. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I, when can they I come am... in from the side, they don't, but then they turn and then they, yeah. yeah. Can I add so, one yeah, thing? I get it. I understand what you're saying. I just hope that as a, as an original Intellivision kid, that was my first console I ever got was the one yeah. that I was held up. Yeah. I would love to be able to have some of these, like the, the remakes. You, the they'll, remakes. They'll, all be, they'll all be coming out eventually, but we just don't, we're just not going to launch. Now, that being said, we might, we might even put a, a little Easter egg. Uh, That's what I was going to ask about. <laughs> yeah, we might, we're going to, we're all, we're all about the Easter eggs here. I mean, this is all about the Easter eggs. Um, and so there might be a few Easter eggs here and there that I can tell you. So you mentioned, I think it was in an OEB Pete video, open every box, Pete, shout out to him, yeah, um, that you might have playable versions on the controllers of old and television games. Is that, yeah, is that still yeah, something well, you're thinking about again? Yeah. That, that was just kind of a, you know, um, you know, that would be like a cool, uh, you know, a, a, a cool little Easter egg, you know, these, these, the controllers really, you know, the the memory to, to keep the price down. I mean, these aren't like by any means like um, the chips inside are like n- not a powerhouse or anything like that, right? So, um, 
you know, but it's it's enough to, you know, get animations going on this and that. So but those old games, as you know, were were really uh, simple uh, and 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 um, easy to to put on there. So, you know, wouldn't it be cool to uh, or as I say, wouldn't it be something to, uh, <laughs> you know, where you could actually play a little game on this as you're bringing it to your friend's house or something like that. But, you know, nothing's confirmed yet. But uh, because, you know, we don't want to run out. I don't want to promise anything. And then we run out of space and then because of the firmware, this and that. And then and then I bump people out. But but that's what we're going for. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you, Chad, but I did want to add that on there because you had made a quick little mention of that in one of Pete's videos. So I wasn't sure I wasn't sure if you were like speculating you might be able to do it in the future or if you were talking Mm -hmm. about potentially on launch, you would already have it. No, I understand the launch thing. I just hope to get it eventually i, yes. I want to play some You'll have stuff too but it. i love the old stuff as well so i'm just waiting for the amico voice add-on no i'm just kidding yeah we, <laughs> need, yeah. we need an amico voice well you know if you if you had like the computer stuff and then you had the uh the carts where you could play all the atari carts and then they had the play cable where you could hook up in television was so far ahead of its time where you could hook up a play cable um to it and mickey mantle the number seven hall of famer for the new york yankees was our spokesman for the play cable and if you hook that play cable up to your cable tv it actually was a subscription service so for 12 bucks a month you could download one game at a time and play all like the intellivision libraries for free it was so freaking cool no one that was 30 years ahead of their time people talking about google stadia it's like yeah we did it 40 years ago that's before, um, that's before the but, sega channel um, even right yeah before sega channel everyone thinks the sega mm-hmm. channel was the first but it's not true and but but the funny thing is you know if you had like your intellivision your intellivoice your play cable <laughs> your cartridge thing your like 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 your 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 uh your intellivision could literally be about uh seven feet long <laughs> and then at the end the cartridge yeah <laughs> oh man that's good um so here's the next question uh, i know you've kind of gone through this but i've got kind of more of a controller question here um so what type of materials the controller made out of and will we be able to purchase additional controllers and maybe a charging stand after the launch yeah so so you'll definitely be able to purchase uh, separate controllers at launch and uh, we'll have uh, a, a variety of, of colors as well. As you may know, we have uh, five, um, five machines that we're launching with, five different uh, color combinations. Mm-hmm. The base units are Glacier White, which is mm-hmm. kind of like what this controller is for, and, um, and, uh, and um, graphite black which is over my shoulder right there it's i have it sitting on a stand right there but i um those are the two uh those are the two base models and then we have special editions um which we you know we really put more love and care into in regards to the materials uh and the and the uh yeah there's there's for example that's the galaxy purple that's one's currently exclusive on GameStop. I, I love how there's reviews on the thing and, and, and we're yeah. seven months or six months from launch. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I get emails weekly from GameStop asking me to review this cause I have a pre-order. Oh, cool. So really? I keep, I keep getting yeah, every, I'm yeah, like, how do, you, I'm like, how do, how do I, 
Yeah, how do, how do you review something you, you don't have yet? It's terrible, I don't have it yet. Right? Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. That's probably why we got uh, Yeah, how do we even have three stars, you know? Yeah, uh, this thing won't turn on. Like I can't. it because why? It's not out yet? Okay. Um, yeah. But um, It's still doing better than Atari Red. right now. What's that? The Atari reviews are far worse. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. My um and then we have a vintage wood grain, which I know William's going to probably uh, be all over. Um, the, and, and so, uh, but yeah, so the materials, uh, so yes, so you'll be able to buy, like if you want a wood grain controller and you have the black machine, you can buy that. And also the other thing to remember, uh, guys, is that, so, you know, we have, you know, here's, you know, here's the controller here, right? But... I also, because we want people to, um, you know, be able to play uh, without, you know, getting too expensive. So this is our, this is my mobile device. So we have the mobile app as well, and it's free. You just download our mobile app. It's it's called Amico Club. You can actually download it now. The, the controller won't be there, but you can play the full first level of our Moon Patrol remake. Uh, it's really cool. There he goes. He's got it up. Uh, upside down, apparently. Yeah, upside down, but that's okay. Um, and so, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, you know, so you can you can connect up to eight controllers, and the hardware controllers, the actual Amico controllers, they collect they connect Bluetooth, and the uh, the mobile app controllers connect Wi-Fi. So just to be uh, to 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 be clear on that now. Honestly, like these are great for, you know, card games and dice games and board games and certain, you know, certain games as well. Like Missile Command isn't too bad on this either. Um, but really for like the action games, like your Night Stalkers and Moon Patrols and stuff like that, like you're really going to want to, you know, use the uh, the hardware uh, controller for sure. But but it's nice when, you know, a group of people come over and people can just, you know, whip out their mobile devices, download it and, you know, play some of the party games, which is, you know, which is really cool. So um, the material that makes this up, uh, this this actual unit right here uh, is a 3D printed one. Mm -hmm. um, let me see if I have, hold on, yes. uh, if I have the final ones. No, I don't. Um, those are the prototypes as well. But, but we, have the, we have the final uh, plastic ones, but we ship all of those out because, because of COVID, uh, we've had to hand make every single, we have over uh, about 700 different things in our BOM. BOM stands for Build of Materials, B-O-M. Yeah. And there's over 700 things on that list, little components, little pieces of plastic, metal, you know, whatever, chips, boards, everything. And so we've we've actually and we have a team of engineers in house. We have mechanical engineers and product managers and designers and uh, hardware engineers and, and firmware engineers, teams of people uh, all internal. And, and we, we have a few contractors as well on the outside that help uh, that do some firmware stuff with us. But um, but the uh, but the amazing thing is we're literally having so we have all like the first shot plastics. All, all that stuff is is ready to go. And so we're hand building them. There you go. There's that's an that, that's an example of me uh, using the controller 
your 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 mobile device as a as a controller. You know, like in a game like Spades, where you know four four people can be playing at once. There you can see it there, and you see you touch the screen and it's moving around. And mm -hmm. um, and again, that's the that's the app. So I, I just wanted to show how you know look how easy it is um, to uh, you know to just to uh, you know to join in and, and play a, a fun card game or whatever. There it is. There, yeah, pretty neat. Um, but yeah, so so there's. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the, so it's the back of it is a, is a plastic, a really high quality plastic too, uh, and the front of this is polycarbonate. So uh, so that means, you know, and this is a capacitive touchscreen, so you can see it, um, you can see it kind of working and how responsive it is, mm -hmm. um, right like there, and uh, the the so the cool thing is though, is that when you have um, you know, there's resistive touch and capacitive touch. Resistive touch was like the uh, like the, the original and the uh, DS had that. The DS, yeah, where you had to kind of push down, and um, and so we went with the the higher quality capacitive touch. But the thing is, is that um, you know most which which all your mobile device cell phones have. But the problem is, you drop the thing and it's cracked, right? Mm -hmm. And and this needs to be super super mm -hmm. sturdy. I mean, if yep. you saw our um, our our funny uh, that was a great that was really video. funny well, was that funny <laughs> that was great <laughs> uh, but but those but we were actually those were actually the real controllers that we were whipping around and and you know when I was dropping it from ten feet up you know you could see it was still working and and I literally did strap it to the engine of my Ferrari and 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 get up to about two hundred <laughs> kilometers an hour so it like, was like you know real heat testing we we we. We we put it in the slingshot and let it go. Like a lot of that stuff was, you know, actually real. And then of course at the end when we blew it up, that was real too. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you a quick, a funny story about that. Is that so? We were doing the last shot of the day. You could see it was nighttime, and we were all sitting around the, you know, the 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 fire. And um, and and so we're like, okay, what we'll do is the last shot. You know, everybody's like roasting marshmallows. But I'll be roasting, um, you know. But but I'll be roasting the the Amico controller, and I'll put it in. I'll put it in there, and um, yeah, I don't know where. Let me see. It would be it would be called um, announcement trailer. Just put in uh, Amico announcement trailer. It's on. Uh, it's on the videos on here. Oh yeah, right? there it is. It's on. You go go to the videos, and it's the one that's slingshot. There it is. Yeah, there it is. I see it now. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and so you see us. And, and it was funny because I'm like, you know, we're, we're like, we'll put the controller in the fire and then maybe it'll like catch fire and like start to melt and stuff. But the reality was, is that we put, I put it in the fire and then like nothing happened. Yeah, there it is there. And it's like, everybody's got the marshmallows gone and it's like, I put it in there and like nothing happened. So Mike Costco, the guy right there with the glasses, who's talking right now in the middle, he's our uh, lead engineer, a uh, hardware engineer. And this this is a guy who worked on Black Hawk helicopters uh, before coming to uh, work with us in television. So he's like, and this we we recorded this on July fifth, and and there it goes, boom. And that's all. There's not a single effect there. You can see the sparks sparking <laughs> and everything. And so what what happened is he's like, well, look, I got a bunch of fireworks left over from last night. <laughs> Why don't we like open up a bunch of bottle rockets? And he had like big ones too. He's like, 
why don't we open up a bunch and we'll just stuff the stuff the thing with gunpowder or whatever it is oh they use. They don't use gunpowder, but it, you know, same. And so and so we and, and then uh, the guy who is checking all the boxes that's Todd. Uh, who's who's our uh, one of our you know uh, mechanical engineers and product des- uh, you know uh, design guys, but yeah, that's the real controller right there. That's that's you know you can see the uh, you know you can see it you know all dropping and you can hear the plastic and 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 the the polycarbonate uh, and, you know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, the uh, and so uh, so yeah, so we stuff it full of the uh, of of gunpowder and then we tried it again and it's like oh um it it like it didn't catch we're like damn it so so we so we poked a hole in the bottom of it so it would started leaking out and and this was actually a real controller too we 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 tore it up with uh with a lawnmower that's john alvarado he's our uh our uh one of our big uh look at that Boom, and the screen was on, and everything. We just <laughs> completely destroyed it. Um, I, I added a few sound effects in there. This this was a uh, this is a park by my house, uh, and and we had a little GoPro camera. We put on the uh, we put on the end of it, and uh, boink. And then that's our head of customer service. So that's really in flight. And then you can see the guy go down in the back. That's uh, Kevin Strom. That's Kevin there. <laughs> He's like, is it okay? Is it okay? And we're the controller. Watch him put his foot on his chest there. That was pretty funny. A lot of people didn't catch that. <laughs> this is the Bonaventure Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. It's really a kind of famous hotel. We just strapped it to a thing. Then we went to a karate, uh, a, a dojo. And again, this was real. We had a real controller, and uh, and we put the, uh, you know, we we put the uh, we put a knife right or whatever that thing is well, i forget what it is. it's got the official the official name of that sword and uh and yeah you can just you can hear it just crack right in half it was epic um so yeah so we put it in and then and when you so you, when you see it when i first put it in you can see it go whoosh, like that and that was all the gun the gunpowder that let that we put all around it and uh and then the and then we just waited there. We're like, uh, is something going to happen? This is my horse, well, my wife's horse. That's me on a. <laughs> I had my drone out, um, and uh, the DJI, and uh, yeah, that's right by my house. That's in the mountain. That's my wife on the horse there, and uh, so yeah, we we had to, my horse is named Rocky, like Rocky mm-hmm. Balboa. Yep. And then uh, this is one of the cars, and that's Mike again. And again, we really had it, you know, that was really, I just, I just put it right on there. That's not an effect or anything like that. You can see it shaking around. Look at the, the spinning, the dial, the, 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 the dial, the disc is spinning because it was going so fast. Look at it. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. And the thing was super hot. I mean, when, when I, when we got out of the car after filming, uh, cause I had a camera in the back of my car, uh, as well. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the speedometer. So you can see me going, you know, almost th- 300 kilometers and I was just like 200 miles an hour. But, um, now this, this was, this was faked. This is, uh, <laughs> this, we really didn't strap it to a rocket, but that, mm. so that's CG right there. That, but it's great <laughs> CG cause we mm-hmm. built the straps right onto the rocket too. And, uh, and you can see, well, like when it releases the straps release and you can see the thing fly away, like, right. Uh, so that was a really good, uh, computer effect, uh, computer graphics effect there. It's like, woo, 
And then the next scene, you'll see it. Fa- everything falls away. The strap yeah. and the- <laughs> that was all CG. Yeah, I thought that That's was pretty real. awesome. <laughs> and then there you go. Uh, back to the but but watch 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 when I first because I stuck this stick in there and there was gunpowder all over this stick. And you'll notice I'm not wearing goggles or anything like that. Everybody else has like protective gear on. I'm like, now nah, let's see what happens. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> What's the worst that can happen, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And and then watch when I first put it in, it like it goes like, boom. See that? And yeah. we're like, uh, please do something, please. Boom! Oh, <laughs> like a couple seconds, and you can see the sparks and everything, and and it left a mark on the table. You can see the burn mark in the mm-hmm. uh, upper uh, left corner of the, of that uh, marble, and uh, and and of course it hit our cameraman, and the cameraman was on fire. The producer, oh my uh, gosh. director Scott. And and but he didn't move because he you know and I'm like uh and then after he checked the box I'm like Scott go like this you know he's like I didn't I know he's like I know my shoulder was on fire but I didn't want to move the camera because it would have ruined the the perfect shot we just got that was the first thing I thought of brave cameraman standing there letting shrapnel hit him oh he's he's amazing he's the guy who's doing bomb squad for us in fact cool uh, you saw him in our uh, in our Amico so event experience. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Can you imagine that that the doctor's like, what what happened in television, Amico? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What is yeah. this disc in your forehead? Ah, it's just the right? control. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think Will's got that next question, right? Yeah. All right. So this one's about physical media. Yeah. Uh, so you've hinted at this before. Is there any new information that you can give us? And is it going to be similar to the technology that Nintendo uses in things like their amiibos? Uh, it could be similar to that, but cooler. Um, and, and also it doesn't have to be just one thing. Um, yeah, we're going to be announcing and showing, um, some physical media stuff by the end of the year. So we're doing a big announcement and a big Mm -hmm. video release, uh, based on it. And, um, but, 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 you know, I, I guess what I could share is, is that, like uh, like William's going to love like so we're doing different types of things right and and collector and it's all based around collecting and collectors there's there's nothing boring boring about any of the physical media that we're doing and so if you're an old school in television fan you're going to love what we're doing uh if you're a little kid uh who likes collecting things you're going to love what we're doing um if you're just a collector like like collecting things, uh, you're gonna love what we're doing. So um, yeah, it's gonna be uh, really cool. But but uh, but the the thing that I want to uh, clarify as well too is that in order to play an Intellivision Amico game, the 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 console does not have to be connected to the internet. Uh, so it's not like some kind of cloud gaming device or, or you know anything like that. Um, in fact you don't need to be connected to the internet ever at all. You know, you, you can, you can take it on a camping trip with you, bring a generator and, 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 and play, uh, you know, play right there. Um, but in order to log your high scores, uh, not locally, cause you can log high, all your high scores locally, mm-hmm. but, but the leaderboards and everything, um, on the, like our worldwide leaderboards, um, that you do have to be connected to the internet. You'd have to have a you know Wi-Fi connection, um, and in order to uh, to download the physical media, you'll also need an internet connection as well. But to be clear, um, 
you 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 can't so you say well that kind of sucks that isn't really physical media you know but but again to be clear what's very different is if i wanted to like like let's say you wanted to sell that on ebay or you mm -hmm. wanted to give it to a friend you can do that it it'll disconnect from your machine and then you can give it to somebody else so it's exactly like a a, a blu-ray it's exactly the same thing right if you buy call of duty and you put it in your machine and then you have it for three months then you take it out and then you give it to somebody else they then own the physical media and mm -hmm. they play it on your machine you can't still play it on yours right so it's the because it's it has to be physically near the console yes yeah yep yeah makes sense that's what that's what i was kind of wondering about that too because the physical media aspect has me very intrigued because yeah. i haven't seen too many people try that strategy no no it's mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's 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 gonna be. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's cool, but I'm biased as hell. So what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Don't listen so, to me. I think just it's cool. to be clear, the the games that you buy are gonna come like on a card or something that you have to keep near it, and then it why it it NFCs it into the machine. A, a card is so boring, though. I know, but you know, just to make it simple, <laughs> yeah, simplify but, uh, the the aspect, the idea. Yeah, no, you you would just have to tap it once. You okay. wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to be near it. You just tap it. But if you were to tap oh. it to another machine, it would disconnect your machine. That's what you're saying. Uh, you'd have to disconnect it from your machine first. first. Okay, okay. And that so that it would work on a different machine. That so makes the sense. item knows that it's been tapped until it's untapped, and then it can go to the next thing. Correct. Okay. Now, here's the other cool thing, though, guys, is that let's say I go over your house, right? Mm -hmm. And I bring my controller for my machine, Okay. So this is my my controller is attached and, and the serial numbers are attached to my machine. Mm -hmm. I bring my controller over your house because it's my controller and it knows all of the games on my machine. We can now play all of my games that I've bought and we can play them on your machine for free as long as my controller is, you know, tapped or attached with with your machine so i can bring it over i i connect it i put it in the base and it connects it oh tommy's tommy's at your house now right and and and, and i might say to you hey have you played the new moon moon patrol game like no i haven't checked that out yet oh check it out here boom and it downloads it on your machine and it stays there until i disconnect my controller how cool is that? That's now, awesome. That is awesome. Really cool. That is right? really cool. It reminds me of like when the Xbox profiles actually had a way to transport on the memory yeah. cards when they first mm -hmm. launched. Right? Remember you and you could actually card yeah. exactly. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. could actually download your stuff if your profile was on the memory cards. That's kind of like yeah, that. Exactly. But your this seems like it's better. Yeah. With profiles it, attached to a controller, that'd be awesome. Yes, yeah. exactly. And 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 that's the thing too is that um, you know. I'm going to need my controller to play my machine back at home, right? So you're and not so, going to leave it there. Yeah, you don't want, you're, you're not going to want to leave it there because then I won't be able to play those games that are being played on that console, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, and, you know, people I'm sure will try to work out a game the system, and, and that's okay, <laughs> whatever. You know, it's like all of our games are between like, you know, the average is about anywhere from like six to seven dollars, nine ninety nine or less for the for the uh, for the uh, digital versions. The physical versions will probably be twice that amount, around nineteen ninety nine. 
which again isn't bad, right? That's just like um, limited run games when they bring stuff to digital from digital to physical. They almost always double the price. Like I think Ocean Harbor is a fifteen dollar game, and then if you bought it physically, it was thirty. So that just makes sense. It's in line with limited the games is a very awesome company. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you got, are you guys kind of working with them a little bit, or are you just? Uh, okay. If, all right. All if right. I, all right. If I could, I couldn't tell you right now. Understand. Understand. <laughs> How's that for an answer? There you go. I all think, right. Uh, Chad's got the next one. All right. So uh, I'm going to kind of, I don't know. We've already talked about some of this, so I'll kind of shorten it a little bit. But you'd already talked about how you're not trying to compete necessarily with the PlayStation 5 and the new right. Xbox and all that. Um, but with your console you're going to have to convince not only the people who are the casual players, like you said, like your parents, my parents, they also bought a Wii and didn't buy anything else. Um, So you're going to have to convince them, but then to really make this go crazy, you're going to want the guys that have the PS fives and stuff to also buy this. Uh, So what is the, not really? No, really? No. What's the, what's the killer app though? That's the real question is what's the killer app itself (laughs) for for a family. Like let's say you're a mom in the Midwest. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a video game system that you can play with your kids. Mm-hmm. And all the games are $9.99 or less. And there's no in-app purchases, no loot boxes, mm-hmm. no microtransactions, no in-app advertising. And every single game is family-friendly. No violence, blood, this and that. To a Midwest mom, mm-hmm. that is the killer app. The machine yeah. itself. That so concept, you're sort of like anti anti industry trends is sort of like the the idea. Absolutely, my friend. Exactly, yeah. you nailed it. We're doing something so different and unique, but we're getting. But if you think about what we're doing, guys, all I'm doing is bringing back the way games used to be when we were all growing up, mm-hmm. right? That simplicity, that playing together. I guarantee each one of you, if you remember back to your favorite gaming memories, Mm. I guarantee it was when you were playing with other people. Yeah, 100%. Maybe it was GoldenEye on the N64 with your buddies or Bomberman or Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo or William might have been baseball with his dad or what. You know what I mean? Like, like our or pod racer yesterday memory. with Will. Yeah, <laughs> we played there Star Wars right? pod racer yesterday. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. Couch and, co-op. And, and and it seems like we're seeing less and less and less of that, you know, as, as we go. So so that's that's our killer app, if you will. But 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 to to get because I didn't want to I, I don't want to dismiss your initial thought there about the hardcores. Mm-hmm. Like, but you got to get the hardcores. Here's some numbers that are going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. There's 200 million hardcore gamers in the world. That's a big number, 200 million. That's if you add up all the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and and again, the PC Master Race. If you add up those four categories, let's throw in Google Stadia in there. Let's throw in there 10,000 people. Um, (laughs) If you... you, so mean um, yeah so true I, though no. it's not entirely inaccurate <laughs> I, look i love all the, the all the people over there who run google stadia they're all very dear friends of mine phil uh you know phil harrison and and i mean so i i do i wish him luck i you know I, i'm just joking around there but um i hope i hope it works out great but the um so you know you add up the you know all of those hardcore gamers and that's 200 million people right Pretty impressive number. 
But there's three billion people that play video games, not who own phones. Three billion people that play video games. So as big as we think the Switch is, as an example, like, wow, the Switch is like super big. There's 55 mm -hmm. to 60 million units out there of that machine. PlayStation 4, 105, 110 million units. So impressive, right? The Switch, 55 million units compared to 3 billion people. That means, William, that less than 2% or around 2% of people who play video games in the world, out of all the people who play video games every day in the world, only 2% of them are playing on a Nintendo Switch. And out of all the people in the world that play video games every day, if you add up the 200 million, all the consoles and PCs, that accounts for less than 7%. So you see where I'm going with this is, look, I didn't want to create something to go for those 200 million people that everybody else is already going for, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. think about it. I'm not, I'm not insane. I'm not over here drinking my own Kool-Aid thinking that, like, I have the infrastructure and, and pocketbook and budgets of, of Sony, of Microsoft, of mm -hmm. Google, of Nintendo. Like, come on, I don't have $100 million to market. I don't have, you know what I mean? Like, we don't, we're, we're not building a, a $500 PlayStation 5 or whatever it's going to be, right? Xbox Series X. I can't compete with those guys in graphics. I can't compete with them in technology. I can't compete with them in infrastructure. I can't compete with them in marketing. But I can compete with them in ideas. And mm -hmm. the audiences that we're going for, those 93% of other people who do not play games on those systems, mm -hmm. that's who we're going for. 93%. And you ask yourself a question, how come those 93%, what are those 2.8 billion people that aren't playing video games on home consoles? Ask yourself the question, why? Well, I don't have to ask because I have all the data. We've done mm -hmm. our own focus tests ourselves, and there's there's these reports that, that are out there that you can purchase and everything. And guys, they all say the same exact things. Why do what are those 2.8 billion people? Why don't they have PlayStations and Xboxes and Switches? Same reasons. One, it's too complicated. The controllers are too... My mom or dad cannot pick up a PlayStation or Xbox controller. They can't mm -hmm. do it. It's a non-starter. Same thing with the Switch. Say, well, but you can split it in half and it's like mm -hmm. this little thing. Yeah, even worse. <laughs> yep. Seriously, for my dad, great. You know, little kids, it's fine. But, but you know, but for seniors and for non-gaming parents, you know, it's, it's, it, it's too complex. One... Two, it's too expensive. Again, mm -hmm. think of a family of four who just wants to play, a, let's say, a PlayStation 4 game. They don't have any console at all, and they're a family of four, and they want to say, you know what, let's play a four-player game together. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So you're going to buy a PlayStation 4, maybe you get the Pro, it's like 350 400 bucks. 
Now you need three extra controllers for it. Those are, you know, 60 bucks if you want to get the real ones or maybe get the knockoffs and whatever mm -hmm. and you get them on sale again, but they're going to be 40, 50 bucks. So that's another 200 with tax, right? So now you're up to 600 bucks and now you have to start buying the games, you know, and, and $30, $40 each. So for, for, a, for a family of four, and again, let's say middle America, I use middle America, not as a state, like more of like, just like the average non-gamer, let's say, yeah. right. I mm -hmm. keep saying middle America. I shouldn't say that, but, but you know what I mean? Um, cause it, they could be in Europe. They could be in Canada. They could be on mm -hmm. the coast. They could be in California, whatever. Um, so the, the, you know, the average hyper casual or non-gamer, right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you say, are they going to spend 700 bucks? And then mom doesn't even like the controls, yeah. you know? And so that's our play. That's, that's the big thing is that we're appealing to folks who actually never even get targeted to, you know, seniors are, are, are a perfect example. Say, you mm -hmm. know, people, you know, 50 and over, um, not that 50 is a senior, but, but, you know, <laughs> like, I'm 52. So, so <laughs> you know, but Gen Xers who grew up on this stuff, right? And who maybe kind of fell out of gaming. They felt like gaming left them behind a little bit, right? Um, like all these games are like, you know, like like I'm a hardcore gamer. Like I sat down with Red Dead 2 and it's like you start to feel guilty. It's like, my God, like, you know, when you get the older you get, it's like, gosh, I have, uh, you know, uh, you know, my wife wants to go out and the kid wants to do something and the, the dog wants to go for a walk. And you have all these like responsibilities, the older you get and you want to spend time with your family. Mm -hmm. And then you feel guilty sitting in your man cave playing Red Dead 2 for six hours on a weekend. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you think of it, when you get to be a certain age, you know, we're not selling guilt. Now think about time with your family you don't feel guilty spending time with your family it's what we all there's there's gandalf um <laughs> it's, it's what it it's it, Sar, saruman um no it's it's what we it's what we um you know it, it's what we're selling we're we're selling time together with your family because that's not something that you feel guilty about and our games aren't six seven ten hour things here right you know, you can be in and out in, in 20 minutes, half hour, switch games, go from game. Maybe you play, you know, some some uh, missile command like you see here on screen, four player missile command, though. You can play co-op or versus. So how cool is that? So you can you can have up to like eight people playing all defending the same set of cities, eight people at once, or you can play up to four people against each other and that's that's you see that screen there that's three uh yeah four different people so you, you know you, you each have like four cities each and they're in the corners of the thing and so not only are you defending from missiles but you're you're the one sending over to your buddies <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, cool. it's really kind of mm -hmm. really fun and look how smooth it all works right look how smooth mm -hmm. those those the so just to be clear, the way this works, because the old game, it was a rollerball. Now, think about that game. Think about using Missile Command with an Xbox controller. How would you do it? You'd have to, you'd have to put the reticle 
on the analog stick, right? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to put it on the D-pad. That would really suck. Mm -hmm. But even the analog stick, remember, that thing is always pulling back to center, mm -hmm. right? So trying yeah. to play a game like Missile Command on an analog stick or on a modern controller, let's face it, kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. But with, with Amico, what you're doing is we've, we've replaced the, the rollerball, and so you're playing with the screen and you're firing this now becomes the button the disc becomes the button so if you want to shoot from the center one you hit that it's a multi-directional button if you want to shoot from the left or shoot from the right and then if you if you hit down it just will choose the closest uh missile base mm -hmm. the, the closest one so you don't even have to think about it if you want but but how cool is that where now your thumb and we have videos you can you can see the missile command you can see people playing it on the on the controller and you can see in playing it on a mobile device and we have a whole video um, of just that showing missile command and it's and again you saw how smooth it is so all you do is it's almost like a mouse at at, mm -hmm. at a certain point right you're just it's so smooth you're moving it and then you're 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 you're, you're powering uh, using the the disc now as a, a directional button. Pretty cool. It's sounding better and better the more you keep telling me yeah. about it. So. Just keep going, <laughs> man. Yeah, that, 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 exactly, though. But that, but that is a great question because that is a concern, um, you know, that, that a lot of people might have is to say, but, you know, Tommy, how are you going to compete with those other four? I, I, I say it like this. This is how I comp uh, use the, the comparison of this. When you think of Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, let's let's compare it to like an automobile, right? Mm -hmm. Those guys have the greatest, fastest, most expensive technology. So they're like the Formula One cars of the world, right? That their consoles are like the Formula One cars. And and by the way, Formula One cars, most are single seaters, right? <laughs> but they get you from yeah. point A to point B fastest in in the world right we're not trying to build a prius to their formula car mm -hmm. what we've done is we're building the bicycle to their see see the bike gets you from point a to point b as well but you can take a whole bunch of friends along with you you can feel the sunlight on your face you can hear the sounds around you it's a different experience completely different experience and and so that's really kind of you know think of us a little bit like that where it's you know i'm not trying to imitate what they're doing but for less money you know we have yeah. a completely different ecosystem a completely different very unique approach a unique simple easy to use controller so we're really trying to differentiate ourselves from mm -hmm. everything that's been done over the last you know 15 to 20 years yeah that sounds good i'm not i'm not going to try to promote myself but it's funny that you say bicycle cuz my last video i just did yeah, was me that's complaining true. about <laughs> I, I strapped a gopro on my bike and took a ride through the woods on a trail oh, cool. And I was basically saying why I don't like the new systems because they ask too much of us. No way. That's so Absolutely. crazy, right? That's yeah. so fun. I, wa I watched wow, that, that whole video. Funny. I'll have you know. 
Yeah. That's great. I got to check. Well, I'm, I'm definitely subscribing to the channel. Look at Evil. Evil not having a good time there in London. Oh, Oof. ouch. My video problem. looked like that for a minute, but all it was was my GoPro fell off when I hit a bump. I was going to say, I, I was hope, so I hope worried. There wasn't anything like that. That's that's uh, Evil Knievel's eldest son, Kelly Knievel, who's working with us on the Evil Knievel game. Yeah, when I saw your GoPro fall off off your thing, I literally thought you crashed. I was like, oh no, Chad's going no, down. Continued no. <laughs> meme on there too. I, I got a little bit of the roundabout from from yes. And, and, you know, how they do that in the videos that you see on YouTube. I thought it was too funny. My kids, <laughs> they just want to watch it over and over again. <laughs> it's just luckily I was wearing a little lav mic so I could be heard well when I was riding the bike. And that's what it dangled off of when I hit the oh, bump. Oh, man. It, grabbed it and clipped it back on. I was good. So. Cool. <laughs> All right. I got the next question for you. Um one, one last thing that oh, I, just, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just thought of, too, sorry, about the mobile thing, because people say, yeah, but 3 billion people play mobile, but they're not spending money on any of those games. So is that going to be a, you know, that going to be a challenge as well? What people don't realize, do you know what the average spend per year, average, just in the United States is per mm-hmm. year? It's 80, over 100. Or sorry, $92. I was going to say it's like 100 bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah, it fluctuates every year. Yeah. So it's around $100. That's the average person. So this whole misnomer about, oh, people don't spend money on mobile. Yeah, right. You know, they certainly they certainly do if the average is 100 bucks. So again, you know, we're offering something that's uh, you just have to buy the game once and you never have to worry about buying tickets or coins or any of that crap. Well, I don't let my kids play games on phones because they right? got the gotcha games where they try to get you to yep. buy, 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 you know? Exactly. So. And we hear, and again, see that one thing you said, that's the kind of stuff that we hear all the time from parents who are mm-hmm. like either casual or hyper casual or non-gamers. They don't want their kids playing video games all day long. And, and I got news for you. I'm the first CEO that you'll probably ever hear say the following words. I don't think kids should play video games all day either. Mm-hmm. You know, like like all of us when we were growing up, we had very balanced life lives, didn't we? Like mm-hmm. we went outside and played with our friends. We read comic books. We read books. We, you know, we watched TV. We, we played board games <laughs> with our mo- with our mom and dad, and we we were very balanced. And yeah, we played video games as well. But but. Again, you, you see some of the, you know, the younger generation or, or kids who are, you know, in their early teens now who grew up on devices and it's and it's, you know, it's getting a little scary, right? It's it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, so so you're you're you'll hear me CEO video game company say, I don't think kids should play video games all the time. And, and that's why, you know, a lot of our games are quick, fun you know, uh, you know, experiences like like this Evil Knievel game right here. It's mm-hmm. it's a simple, fun thing. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel, you know. Um, we're just we just want people to have fun, and and it's real. Actually, this game is really fun because um, the crashes are so funny and all the ragdoll physics and <laughs> like it's it's one of those games where you don't mind watching other people play it. Now we do have a four player mode as well. Up to four mm-hmm. people can play it, but mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where you just laugh your ass off when, when somebody else is crashing. It's just one of those. Yeah, that's good stuff. Sorry. I, 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 I didn't want to interrupt you, but I, I remember that, that statistic about the mobile. Cause that that's people sometimes counter to it is to say, 
yeah, but no one spends money on mobile. It's like, ah, you don't, you know, read, read the, uh, read the, uh, uh, the reports that are out there. No one likes to admit they spend money on And guys don't. Women are more likely yeah. to be the ones who spend money. Mm-hmm. What I will say is this. Super Mario Run is a perfect example of how mobile games can make money. Because Super yeah. Mario Run was one of those like $10 games where it was like everybody, you could buy it, there was no other in-app purchases. Like right. people were actually yeah, but buying then they a game. People with Mario Kart, right? Oh, they yeah. did. Oh, one hundred percent on that. I did, I, I'm not going that way. One. I wasn't going that way. I was just saying that Super Mario Run is is a perfect example of a game that is fully contained in one purchase. That's all I was right. saying. And, and nine ninety nine. Exactly. Right? There you go. So mm-hmm. the next question, uh, it has to do with pricing. It says with games yeah. ranging from two ninety nine to nine ninety nine on average, will there be single player focused narrative games? And is there going to be a game as big as other first-party titles, or is the Amico focused on shorter games with quality gameplay? Yeah, we're really focused on shorter games. But that being said, you know, if something and, and I say this now, like on launch and for next year, like all the games are nine ninety nine or less. But I never want to limit our developers, right? So if they come up with some kind of like epic, you know, RPG storytelling rpg thing and they say hey tommy this thing's going to be two gig and it's going to be a you know 40 hour simple 2d like you know maybe like the original zelda or Mm -hmm. something whatever you know uh the nes version or something where it's going to be that style of, of thing and um and in order for like it to all make sense and 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 for for people to make money that we have to sell this thing at 1499 i'm not opposed to any of that not opposed to any of that at all. Right now, we don't have anything in the works for that, but I feel that that's going to happen, you know, naturally as this thing comes out, and and that'll be fun, right? It'll be fun. Now, do I think we're going to sell games at thirty bucks a pop digital downloads? Hell no, hell no. But if if something comes out twelve ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine, you know that you know, then that that'll be you know as a digital download, that'll be you know pretty cool. So you guys are hoping to have bigger games in the future at some I, I point. I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Will's got that next question. I have the next one. All right. So, you know, a big push for the Amico is the couch co-op experience. Yeah. Uh, other, I, you kind of already answered this, and, like, I feel like I'm already sold on this. But <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you think it's going to be better than the other consoles? Like, obviously, most of them have moved away, but they do have some games that are, that are couch co-op. Well, here, here, that, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up because, uh, and glad to hear that you're starting to like, you know, turn the corner here. Because I, I mean, I saw your guys' first thing, and you were, you were apprehensive. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, no, but that's totally fine. Of course, you know, that's that's why I love having these conversations with with everyone, giving more information. Because the more people hear about it, it's like, oh yeah, that kind of that kind of makes sense. So I I appreciated all of your concerns and and questions you know, uh, you know, at the time. Um, and, and that's, and you were respectful about it. That, that was the cool thing, right? You weren't just trying to like, it's like, eh, I don't know this and that. So, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see where we, we end by the end of this, but okay. maybe, uh, maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll get you on board. But, um, but, um, now what the hell was your question? I forgot. Oh, how's the couch? <laughs> oh, couch call. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. So, so great question. So, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was saying like, okay, what's, what's a cool couch co-op? Look, watch how quick it turns on there. Boom. Now you're in the menu. That that's just a uh, prototype menu for now, but that's 
roughly what it's or it, it, the idea, the concept behind, you know, being able to see the game, you know, as it, as you're choosing it in your library is pretty cool. It's not just an icon or a JPEG. It's the actual video of the game in these little, uh, you know, the games are all like little globes and stuff. Um, but anyway, um, so I'll, I'll give you a real life experience here. So I was saying to my friends, you know, because people will say, well, Switch is probably the best console right now for, uh, you know, for couch co-op. I would I would agree with that. Um, and you say to people, well, what, you know, give me a couch co-op game. Like, like, what's a simple couch co-op game that I can play with, like, you know, my mom, dad, my friends, my wife, this and that, who, who aren't into video games, you know. And everyone's like, oh, Overcooked. That's a good one, right? That's a good that's a good starter starter game that, that people would I didn't would like say. that game at all. What's that? <laughs> I did not like Overcooked at all. So he, so here's <laughs> the thing, guys. I sit my wife down. We say, okay, we're gonna play a we're gonna play a, a simple, uh, casual game on the Switch, couch co-op casual. And the first thing my wife says was, "So wait, we have to cook and clean dishes." <laughs> She's like, I don't like to do that in real life. Why the hell would I want to do it in a video game? And it's like, again, the male mentality. It's like, wow, yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty good point. And then there's the two, there's the original producer, a Moon Patrol, who's working with us as well, and one of our advisors. And he was the former president of Nintendo in the U.S. Their internal development team, and he's the guy who was uh, responsible for Wave Race '64. So there oh, you go, game. working with Intellivision right now. Hello, we got some, <laughs> we got some AAA folks on the team. That's mm-hmm. the other thing about our team, by the way, and our company that's very different uh, than than companies like Ouya and the and Atari and the rest. We have over 600 years of experience, video game experience, just on our core executive team. 600 we got the guy who you know helped create the xbox jay allard we got the folks like uh you know uh, the gentleman you see here so i mean you know it's and and marketing people and david perry's and the you know uh all, all these folks so anyway getting back to co-op and then the other thing is you know there's that two minute countdown timer and and again to a guy it's like oh my god we have to make all this stuff but to my wife she was just like why does everything have to be under pressure all the time? Like, like panic mode, panic mode, panic mode. Like, I just want to like relax and unplug. And you can see that mentality of why a game like candy crush is so big, right? You don't, you can just kind of unplug. You don't have to think about it too much. You don't have to like plan eight moves ahead, you know, like chess or any, you know, it's just kind of like you get that little quick endorphin hit. Boom, boom, boom. Right. And, and so, and so that that mentality is something. So you think about couch co-op games on all of those big systems, and there's a barrier to entry with the controllers, and there's a barrier to entry. What is considered casual on those systems is not casual to non-gamers. And that's the big the big thing to learn there because remember, hyper casual games like Angry Birds and the Match Three games mm-hmm. and the Candy Crushes and all that those are considered hyper casual games. How many which three billion people play? How many hyper casual games can you point to 
on the Xbox, on the PlayStation, or on the even the Nintendo Switch. There's a few on the Switch, but again, you know, like Clubhouse 51, I would consider, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that one's good. Mm-hmm. That one's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I'm saying? You see where I'm coming at, at mm-hmm. it is there's not a lot of four to eight player couch co-op games that anyone can play, no matter what your skill level. Jackbox. You know? That's one. Jackbox is a great, mm-hmm. the best one on mobile, and and you can play it, you know, on the on the consoles as well too. Um, and that's it. That I mean, that's really that's like the main. Mm-hmm. And and how great is it, right? How mm-hmm. come other people aren't doing stuff like that? I know the reason. Mike Builder is the CEO of of Jackbox, buddy of mine. And um, I, I mean, I don't know what I should say or what I should. Let, let's just say, it took them years and millions and millions of millions of dollars to build the infrastructure around the ability to create the the infrastructure of Jackbox. It's no easy. That's why you don't see a million knockoffs. Mm -hmm. Very difficult, very time consuming, very expensive, and it's not easy, you know? So, you know, kudos to them for, uh, for, you know, uh, figuring it out Tommy I've got a quick pitch for you all right sure to bring the original and television games to your new console you should have like a Mario Party style board game where each mini game in between the move sets is an old and television game that's a cool idea I love that yeah yeah you like you you do Astro Smash it's all mini games exactly of the original would you use the exact original ones too? Maybe because it would keep would the game small enough in the download, right? Yeah, you do like yeah, you have to you have to catch yeah, you you put four frogs on for Frog Bog, and whoever mm-hmm. catches five flies wins, or whoever oh, yeah. hits whoever hits twenty uh, asteroids in Astro Smash win. <laughs> who's first, second, third, fourth? I love this. This is yes. a great idea. Yeah. I'm That's thinking shark, pitch. shark. You need the sharks. <laughs> Got to have the <laughs> shark, shark. I'm completely stealing this idea. Uh, I will take complete credit for it. And, uh, and uh, I guess I can't now, though, because this video will be on uh, YouTube mm-hmm. forever. But uh, You can no, announce it before idea. this video comes out, and then you could just say you did it. Oh, there you go. No, that, that's a fantastic idea. I the love that. The party. I have, guys, I have, um, you, you have now made the Wonka book. So this is. This is all my notes. This is my notes of, you know, all, you know, everything to do with like Amico and everything. And so I have to freeze that and slow it down. uh, People have tried. I've done that before. Yeah. Um, There's probably a lot of swear words in there, too. Uh, I would uh, run right out and get that. If like you said, IntelliParty. IntelliParty. That's what it needs to be. Yeah. IntelliParty. And then all mini games based on original into games. Um, yeah, you don't upgrade the graphics a little bit, Slightly, right? but not sure. going to like full blown stuff like we've done with Astro mm-hmm. Smash, but almost like have that same style and use the same code actually, and just. Mm-hmm. Give it a little bit of a paint job so it looks a little, you know, a little cooler and stuff because uh, you don't want to get it too complex. But uh, we'll save those for the for the main versions. 
That's a cool freaking idea. I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm uh, I'm gonna you'll I'm gonna you'll you'll get your name in the credits and you'll have to help me design it. We'll do that. Me I'm and down. We'll design I'm it down. together. And uh, and and uh, and I'll even give you a discount when it comes out. No, Perfect. I'm kidding. I... <laughs> five five percent off is great. Ten percent <laughs> off. No, uh, no, look, I'll we'll, just we'll... I'll just buy it. You make it, I'll buy it. How about that? All right. Um, yeah, you'll buy you'll buy multiple copies of the physical just to see your name in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. I think Chad's on the next question, right? All right. Yeah. So this one's going along with what you were talking about as far as your, your favorite memories and stuff and being co-op and everything. I got little kids, okay. and so I can relate now. And some of the – How old are your kids? Uh, there, She's 10, and he is 7. So, Great. Okay. Yeah. Perfect ages for these things, and it's tough to try to find stuff to play with them. Are they on Roblox and Minecraft? Mostly Minecraft, yeah. Okay. But you'd be surprised how hard it is on a Switch to just play two players at the same time on Minecraft. It's impossible. My, my friend, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, That's well, why I right. created what I did. <laughs> yeah. So going back to that, with the Amico, my some of my oldest memories were trying to play sports games with my dad, like football and baseball. And he would just crush me because he didn't have that in him to just right. let the kid win. Yep. So, <laughs> so I know that you've announced that you have some sports games and things coming out. Uh, are there going to be some AI, not that you don't want to play with other people, but so that you can learn how to play two, it? I got two exciting things for you okay. about this. One is absolutely all the baseball games, football, all that stuff has AI. So you can... Mm -hmm. And in and in our baseball game, you can play up to eight players, and you decide what what the like. If you want to play eight players against a computer on super hard, you could do that. We're all like basically a fielder, um, or if you want to play four on four or six on two or seven on one, whatever. It's any combination thereof, right? Two yeah. people want to play against each other or on the same team against the computer. So we have that on, on, on that. So that's good news. Um, but even cooler is our philosophy. I call it our karma gaming engine. It's kind of like blast processing. It's not like a real like hardware thing <laughs> or anything, but it's, it's, more of, it, it's more of our philosophy. Uh, I'll give you an example. Let's take the game Pong. And we're actually mm -hmm. doing this because we've remade Pong. Um, and so let's say you, uh, you come over my house and you've never played Pong before, let's say, and you've never played Amico and we're playing Pong. Now, in a normal situation, you would have zero percent chance of beating me. That's what <laughs> video games have become these days. Right. Even if you're like, you know, even if you're like a huge Madden fan and like I'm a Madden fan, you're a Madden fan, but you get the new Madden and you've had it for like two weeks. You'll, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll kick my butt. Like, it's just, it's gotten yeah, ridiculous. For sure. Fortnite, yeah. like, again, I love, you know, Fortnite and everything, the success of it. But, but first of all, my mom would never play that ever, right? Mm -mm. You probably don't want your 10-year-old girl on there playing it, right? She's so, not. Right? <laughs> They've so, asked. Boom, there you go. You just mm -hmm. knocked out half of the world's population, mm -hmm. right? And, and so, um, but, but, but to learn how to get good at that, 
you're basically a meat puppet for like the first month. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that's not fun for you always dying and always losing and always getting your mm-hmm. ass handed to you, you know? So, so this is why I came up with the karma gaming engine philosophy, which let's take pong. You come over my house. If I score three times in a row on you, my paddle shrinks and yours starts to grow. And so what it is, it's a real time interactive on the fly handicapping system but again it's not like a cheap cheating thing like like mm-hmm. mario kart oh you're in last place so we'll make you fastest and you you get to catch up it's like a you know? uh, yo-yo tries to bring you to the front if you're in the yeah, back yeah mm-hmm. yeah that i don't like that um i mean it's better than nothing but it's mm-hmm. not how we're, we're not doing the whole rubber banding thing mm-hmm. um you know if we were to we were to have something like that, a kart racing game, or whatever, we would put more for the person who was in last place. We would put more power ups around in front of them or whatever. Like that's how we would handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, or Shark Shark. I'll give you a perfect example for Shark Shark because you brought it up. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're playing four player Shark Shark, and Grandma's in last place. Grandma's like sucking, right? And <laughs> So what we do is, and this is the unique way because all of the games use our controller and the screen in a very unique way. So, for example, in Shark Shark, what happens is we added three, uh, like, bonus things in each of the levels. Sometimes they're different colored clams or treasure chests. It depends where, you know, the level. So let's say there's three different colored clams and because we're in a coral reef. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens is those clams, when everybody's playing, they randomly open and there's a pearl that appears and everybody dives for the pearl because it gives you a lot of points mm-hmm. and it makes your fish grow the next level up, right? Because you're always trying to get bigger so you can eat all the fish that are smaller than you. Mm-hmm. So let's say grandma sucks. Sorry, grandma. Um, and she's in last place. What happens is her controller vibrates to cue her and then you look down and when she, when you look down you'll see she'll see the color of the clam and the shape of the clam that's mm-hmm. going to open next so mm-hmm. she gets a little bit of a hint and she can start to move over there cuz no one's paying attention to grandma right and so, <laughs> she's going over there and, she's, and then the thing opens and then bam she gets the power up before anyone else and it's and it doesn't happen that way all the time sometimes grandma's too far across the thing or she gets eaten on her way to get there or somebody catches on that grandma's in last and and uh, you know hey grandma why are you what are you going over there for you know so so but these are the types of things that we're thinking about in all of our game designs and all of our, again, you know, we're not trying to create like, oh, let's just create the hardest game ever and, and mm-hmm. deal with it. No. How can we get, uh, l- l- so let's, William, l- let's say you had your, your seven-year-old son, mm-hmm. your 10-year-old daughter, you and your wife, mm-hmm. right? Family of four. Let me ask you, and I could be, you know, I, let me, let me ask you, mm-hmm. then, like, give me the honest answer. Is yeah. there a video game that all four of you play at the same time? Almost never. The only ones would be uh, Mario Kart, and that's... And I your would've... wife probably doesn't like it. 
she's a, she likes Mario Kart, but yeah. she's she's not a big gamer though. She right. she puts mm-hmm. up with me, you know. And, <laughs> well, uh, that's the thing, right? She's putting up with you. It's like, okay, I'll spend time. What if I could guarantee you or tell you that every single game on Amico, every one of them, and we're launching with thirty games, by the way. Mm-hmm. And we got sports and recreation, board games, card games, dice games, retro reimagined games, original IPs, 2D side scrollers. We got shoot 'em ups. We got, um, you know, everything, right? Mm-hmm. What if I could tell you that all of those games, any one of them, you could play all four of you together and you didn't have to play for five hours. You could. Get in, play one, 20, 30 minutes, then you move on to the next one, 20, 30 minutes, whatever it is. That's something. See, you're a hardcore gamer. Mm-hmm. Your kids are of age. Mm-hmm. Your wife's kind of, you know, on the spectrum. Yeah, she likes the put, NES. Put up with she, you. you know, she's like that. But she's actually said she wishes that we would all play more board games together. Exactly. And and now you'll be able to play board games on Amico. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's the thing. So you you just you just described the yeah. perfect situation that Amico is going to fill. I have right? another quick example for you too that you're yes. going to love. Hit it. We did not buy Mario Party on the Switch because you have to buy more Joy-Cons. You can't mm-hmm. play it without Joy-Cons. And they're seventy nine dollars. Yeah, a lot of money. So everybody has a phone, and it's going to come with two controllers. So we're already good. We already have everything we need. Now. You're you're good to go. You're good to go. And and the two biggest things for me that I that I want to put out there to our consumers and our, our customers, the two biggest things, my focus with the whole, and I say this to everybody in our company, value and trust. Those are the two things that we want folks who buy an Intellivision Amico, we always want them to trust and that they're getting a lot of value. And that is so important. So when you talk, the trust factor is, parents don't have to worry about blood, violence, guts, online predators, Mm -hmm. uh, toxic communities online, bad language, violence. They don't have to worry about it. You say, well, Tommy, but you know, all those other systems have uh, parental controls. Yeah, try setting the parental controls for the Switch. Have fun doing that. But even if you do figure it out, how about you don't even have to worry about it, though? What What about not having, like, you know, you have a 7 and a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. And you probably have 10 different devices. You got you got your Netflix. You got your Disney Plus. You got your, your iPads, your, your tablets. You got your mobile phones. You got the, the kids got this, the Internet. You got all these different things and all you're trying to do, and and maybe not you, but your wife, Mm -hmm. is she's trying to play like goalie, trying to like, (laughs) you know, block Mm -hmm. all of the adult content that's streaming in every second of the day, right? What if you had something that you just didn't have to worry about? You didn't have to figure out to set a parental control. You didn't have to log into a different account if you wanted to play a game and the kids wanted to play a game later and this and that. What if you just didn't have to worry about it at all, right? And so and so that's the thing is like, you know, that's the trust factor. And the other trust factor is this, guys. We curate every single game. Let me say that again. Mm-hmm. 
every single game is published and goes through us. We are not going to put out mediocre games. Now, what console would ever do or say that? You look at the Nintendo Switch, and I feel like I'm like, I, I don't mean to like keep bringing up the Switch, but we bring it up because you brought it up and because it's, you know, considered the more family of, mm-hmm. of all the other Definitely. consoles, right? Yeah. But, but, when, but when you look at the garbage, it's like it's, it's getting to be like mobile, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's just... There's no like quality. Remember back in the day with the NES, mm-hmm. that you had that yeah. Nintendo seal of quality. That they let that, a couple sneak through though. Still, anyway. Oh, oh <laughs> let me tell you something. Yeah. By the end of the NES, that was mm-hmm. out the window. I know because right. I worked on a bunch of those crappy games. <laughs> I, like, you look up Color a Dinosaur on the NES. That was, you know, I did the audio for that one. That was uh, known as one of the worst games ever. But, but. Um, but yeah, but even by the end of it, guys, we've brought that back and we are sticking to it because that's the trust that we want. Because, again, everything is 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 priced so reasonably that if I can build that trust from a quality standpoint, then it's like, gosh, you know what? Every single Intellivision game I've gotten has been great. Like we've had fun with every single one of them. You know what? This is a new shuffleboard game. Grandpa's coming over. We, we the bowling was great. Cornhole is amazing. You know what? Six ninety nine or whatever. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. Boom. You know, it, they just become like you know, like instant purchases because people trust us. They know mm-hmm. that we're not going to put shovelware on the machine, or they know they. Mm-hmm. So that's where the trust comes from. And then of course, again, the value proposition. Now people say to me, Tommy. 249 bucks that's not very affordable now is it let me give and and boy that's only 50 dollars away from a switch and and 50 dollars more than a switch light like you're crazy where's this affordability well here's the thing i could have easily sold the machine for 149 bucks one controller and no games i could have done that or one game right I could have done that all day long, but our market research shows that the audience that we're going for, again, not the hardcore gamer, but, but the families, they just want something out of the box. They want it to work out of the box. So we have two, two (laughs) full controllers, the first video game system in 30 years that has come with two full controllers. I say full controllers because individual controllers, because you can you know the switch you can break them apart that, that, okay no but that's still that's not one <laughs> controller that's two smaller ones that you broke apart the mm-hmm. last system was the super nintendo that can 30 years of, can you believe it it tells you all you need to know about where the video game industry has mm-hmm. gone though right yeah mm-hmm. and so you get two controllers the ability to hook up eight right all the games are 9.99 or less and guys do you remember how much the the, the Nintendo Wii was? Two forty nine. Fifteen years ago, with one controller and one tech demo. Let's mm. face it, Wii Sports was great, but it was a tech demo. It wasn't mm. a full game. Yeah. We have six complete games, two complete controllers, the ability to hook up eight more devices for free. All games are nine ninety nine or less. Do you remember what the the Wii sold for fifteen years ago? Wasn't it two forty nine? Two forty nine. 
and and that was the third biggest selling console of all time when it first came out. So again, for people, again, think of our audience. Our yeah. audience isn't thinking, should I buy a Switch or a Amico? They're not thinking, should I buy a PlayStation or an Amico? It's a completely different crowd altogether. The reason they're going to buy an Amico is because they're interested in all the unique stuff simple easy affordable you know multiplayer everyone couch co-op simple games affordable trust value etc etc i got news for you my mom bought a wii right because mm -hmm. she could go bowling that made sense to her my mom and you guys probably know a whole bunch of people families mm -hmm. who bought a wii who normally would never buy a video game system right but they mm -hmm. bought a wii my mom was one of them Ask yourself if those same people, like my mom, did she buy a Switch? Nope. They didn't. It's a different proposition. It's more targeted to hardcore gamers, to people on the go who like to carry a system, you know, a, a big system with them and stuff like that. So so that's, again, that's the thing. The, the Wii was the third biggest selling console, 102 million units sold. When it came out, it's now fifth on the list because PlayStation 4 just and, surpassed and it. Yep. Passed it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but but that's an amazing thing. And here's the thing, guys: thirty-five, or approximately thirty to thirty-five percent of the people who purchased a Wii, again, my mom being one of these people, never bought a game for it. Yeah, mm -hmm. they just because got the Wii Sports. The yep. software wasn't targeted to them. Nintendo isn't a company that is interested too much in putting out those casual, hyper-casual experiences. They went right back to their wheelhouse. Metroid, Pikmin, Smash Brothers, Zelda, Mario, Pokemon. Boom, right? Now, they did put out another follow-up. They put out Wii Sports Resort. Mm -hmm. And you know what happened to that, don't you? <laughs> the number seven sold video game ever of all time. Mm -hmm. Right? So... So, again, what does this all tell you? It tells you that my mom and people out there who don't play video games will absolutely spend $249 on a video game system if it's something that's simple and they can understand and they feel they're going to get a lot of value out of it. So I'm not worried about the price being at $249 because it's exactly where – and it's not like we're making tons of money off that. Again – Think of the technology we have in here. These are like two modern cell phones, all the technology in mm -hmm. here, right? Without the 4G, you know? And so, so you know, we're barely making any money on, on, on the hardware, and we don't make much money on the software as well either. But when you start to do the number and the, and the volume that we're going to do, well, then, then it gets fun and exciting. And by the way, we don't have to sell 50 million units to break even. We, we, we have to sell 200,000 units. So if we can sell 200,000 units. That's going to be one of my questions, actually. Yes. 200,000 units, we're, we're, we're making money. There it is. Woo, woo. I had to fix your video feed. Hold I'm on. Liking, I, I felt like I was in Tron there. I was getting derezzed. You were, you were <laughs> just entering the matrix. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so to finish out, uh, or no, not finish out. Uh, Will asked, no, we got this. We got this the AI question was that one. So yeah. I'm just going to open it up right here. Is there any other questions that Will or Chad 
or if Tommy's got something for us as a question, uh, we can do that right now. So go ahead, Will. Do you have anything else? No, you really answered all my questions, and you went to pretty good in-depth explanations too. Oh God, get that guy's yeah. face off the screen, please. Oh geez, I see this. Oh, no, no, no. This guy, the guy that's actually doing this video, is cool. I like this guy. He's he's yeah. funny, wasn't he? Yeah, he's he was pretty like, cool. No nonsense. And again, I, I'd love to talk to this guy too. <laughs> Because again, he he had you know he he had some very fair critiques and 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 questions about it. But but again, I bet if he watched this video that 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 you know that we just did here, mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I bet he'd uh, learn a lot a lot more. So so here's my question to you guys then. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know you were on the fence. You know again, fair enough, absolutely. Um, are you a little bit more sold today? Where do you where do you sit today? Do you start to see the vision? Do you start to see like, hey, you know what? I, and even if the console maybe it's not for you, but you can at least understand it better. Give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts now that we've talked. Yeah, well, I know Chris is not on the fence because he already pre-ordered it. Yeah, already pre-ordered <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he was far gone. He's in the middle of No, like, I'm definitely closer <laughs> yeah. now. Like, the more and more I learn about this console, the more excited I am for it. Because again, like you're saying, it's tapping into my childhood. My best memories are sitting down with my brothers and playing with them. Now I can't, I can't even play Halo anymore with my with my friends. Right. So, um, yeah, I, the concept, the like the what you're going for is very very appealing to me. Uh, right. So the more I learn about it, the more excited I am for it. Now let me ask you: Are you married? Do you have kids? I'm married. Don't have kids yet. Gotcha. Imagine if you had a couple of young ones around too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like like th- like this might be. This might be your kids first video game console that they, you know, just like like when you were grow- how old are you? 30 I'm uh 27. 27, around 30 27. So you probably did you grow up on the NES or Super Nintendo? Uh, actually, so I had my first console was the N64. Wow, damn. Okay, I'm getting old. Well, yeah, um, I, mean, I think the Super Nintendo was out. I just didn't have it. Right, gotcha, gotcha. Right. So so like like that was your console when you were a kid that that mm-hmm. had all your greatest memories and and things amico could be your kids console that that they grew up and that that's kind of that to me is kind of exciting and fun mm-hmm. right, to, to think about mm-hmm. oebp look at this guy <laughs> yeah he's yes yeah, so i guess I, can i just oh, go, say i was gonna say just really well mm-hmm. yeah well go ahead go ahead I no think you well, want, you go, go ahead it's fine I, I just wanted to say that that what i love about oebp is that he's so over the top positive about everything and that to me it's just such a breath of fresh air you know because it's like i um you know modern youtube you guys know i mean you you youtube is is and and social media and the cancel culture and the twitter and everybody it, like it's so easy to just hate something out of the gate, right? Um, and and again, this is coming from the guy who was the bad cop on the TV show. But right. but um, <laughs> but again, but you know, but it was always a balance, though, right? There was always a balance on the show. Vic would say the good things, and I would say the bad things. But sometimes it was reversed. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like I, I loved me some fishing games, and Vic hated fishing games. So it was like yeah. boring. Like real fishing is boring. Why do I want to play it in a game? <laughs> but I loved, I loved fishing games. So, so it was always reversed. 
But then if we both love something, then you knew it was really special. And if we mm-hmm. both hated something, then you're like, oh, wow, that must really suck. Right. Yeah. And so um, but there's so many folks out there. And so Pete is like the anti negative guy. He tries to find the good. In, and it's just such a breath of fresh air. And, 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 and by the way, it all comes from the heart, too. It's oh, yeah. all like it's not phony. It's not like fake positivity like most politicians have you know it's it's like it's like real it's like real passion and you can see it in his voice and his eyes people should definitely check him out he's he's, he's just he just went over a thousand uh subscribers and and if, if you're looking for something that's just always positive oeb pete's your guy yeah oh, 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 1300 that's great and th- this segment since it's about tommy um, we are previewing now because we're going to be doing the OEB Pete review tomorrow. Oh, on the cool. Next we're segment. reviewing OEB Pete. After this segment is over. Okay. <laughs> so preview, preview for the next segment. There Good you job, go. Tommy. Cool. You, you, you got us an advertisement to go off of for the next, the next episode. Um, yeah. Chad, did you well, have one I'll, more I'll question finish, for yeah, Tommy? I'll finish out my thing as far right. as your question you'd asked. Um, I was not really, I wouldn't say on the fence. I'm I'm falling off the fence in your direction already, you know, because I wasn't sure about everything like that, just because, you know, with all the kids and stuff, money tight and everything, but I'm, I'm stepping away from the hardcore stuff because they just keep asking too much. They just keep asking. I'm starting to collect hard drives now instead of games because you you can't, you can't have enough space, stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'm definitely on board with this because I grew up, you know, I'm 46, so I'm closer to yeah. you. So yeah. I grew up with the Intellivision. This is my first thing. And so anything that reminds me of those good old days sitting on the floor in front of the big console TV, mm-hmm. uh, that's yeah, a good time. TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With the wood, wood grain console, wooden TV. Mm-hmm. So um, I just think it's going to be good. Uh, the one thing I was going to ask just to try to help out, I saw that we had GameStop on there. Uh, do you have any other places we can pre-order it besides GameStop? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a we have a exclusive offer right now going on on fig.co. If you can type that in, um, that'd be really cool because that's the only place that you Oops. can currently get the uh, get the um, the the vintage wood grain, and we throw in oh, a go. twenty-five dollar. There it is, right there. Um, and, and and this isn't a campaign. It's not a crowdfunding thing or anything. Because Fig is like a sometimes a crowdfunding site. But we do invest. You can see we've raised five point five million dollars. Um, but this is an investment site, so it's not like a crowd. It's not like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo or anything like that. And and so yeah, so you can put your there's the glacier okay. white, graphite black, and uh, and then the vintage wood grain is above that. And and look at all the things you get with it. So again, you get the two controllers, six games, but you also put a twenty-five dollar gift card for the Amico Game Shop. Um, we do we have a lenticular Running Man card, so it like you know it like moves, it does the animation, and I sign every card. Um, and then uh, and we give you some video game soundtrack albums as well, three different ones. Of it. So, um, so yeah, that's going on uh, right now, and it's a hundred dollars. I want to be clear: it's a hundred dollars, completely a hundred percent refundable deposit. So you could put down a hundred dollars today and change your mind tomorrow, mm-hmm. and especially with COVID going on, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we wanted to make yeah. sure people got their money back 
when, you know, if, if they needed to, again, it's part of that trust, you know, <laughs> it's not like, Hey, put your money down. And then again, like, like some kind of Kickstarter or Indiegogo where kiss your money goodbye. If it never comes out, you know, this is, this is a, a hundred, it's a completely refundable, but we need to do that so that we got an understanding of how many people are serious about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so there you go. So fig.co and, uh, yeah, you can see we got over 12,000 pre-orders and, but, but that money that doesn't add up. You say, well, wait a second, 250 bucks times 12,000 doesn't equal five and a half million bucks. Um, that's just the, the investment because again, this is an investment website. So people can invest in the company mm-hmm. through this website and and so as a as a special bonus we said hey let's do some pre-orders uh, on here as well for the folks so you know there's like thousands and thousands of investors and they're also buying machines as well too so it's kind of neat mm. different you know i would say if you're anytime you're trying to do something like this that's brand new you're climbing like mount everest but if anybody oh it it's gonna be you because you've got the energy and and the the you've always been like that ever since i've watched you on tv you're the guy that shot out of a cannon so if somebody can do it i'm sure you can <laughs> i i appreciate that because I, I thank you that that really does mean a lot to me because you know i i'm you know in like i've learned in life and because you know i i'm a big believer i don't know if you've ever seen the the documentary the secret or read the book and uh you know, like like it's all about positive mental attitude and positive thinking. And and, uh, you know, I have a vision board right here that I look at every day. And and and, you know, if if you can believe it, you can achieve it, you know, and and that's having that kind of confidence in yourself. And it's and it's interesting you mentioned Mount Everest because I actually use that a lot when I do like uh, inspirational speaking. Or I'll go to, mm-hmm. you know, colleges or high schools or grade schools and talk to kids and stuff. Um, I always say, you know, you want to set a goal for yourself, right? And you have to have that confidence and belief in yourself that you can do it no matter what, no matter what happens. And I always say like my goals are always like mountains. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I'm going to get to the top of the mountain. I just know that I'm going to be there. And I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know what my route. And along that way, you set a goal for yourself. And it could be something small or large. You know, mountains come in different sizes, mm-hmm. right? And I always say Amico is like Mount Everest. It's the mm-hmm. biggest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've done some pretty big things, right? So, so you're climbing that mountain and you know what the wind is going to be hitting you you're going to there's going to be snow there's going to be rain there's going to be rocks falling down at you you're going to have to change your course there's going to be people pulling from your leg pull, trying to pull you down <laughs> mm-hmm. there's going to be all these different trials and tribulations and and barriers to get to the top everybody in the world is going to try to keep you down keep you from getting to the top of that mountain but if you believe you're going to be there, you will get there. And when you get to the top of that first goal, the top of that mountain, you have all the confidence in the world to just look around and go, you know what? Look, see that bigger mountain over there? I'm going to get to the top of that one as well. And so you have the confidence. So I never want people to think that, you know, the way I talk or the way I believe in myself 
comes from a place of like arrogance. You know what I mean? Like, like there, yeah. there's, there's a, there's a difference between like a narcissist and, 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 and somebody who's <laughs> arrogant as opposed to somebody who believes in themselves and somebody who's like a positive thinker. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and sometimes people don't understand that they don't distinguish that. Right. And they say, Oh, this guy thinks he's going to be successful. What an arrogant douche, you know? And, um, but it's, it doesn't come from arrogance. It comes from believing in myself. And, and, and I wish more people in the world have this kind of, you know, and that's why I like to say in every interview I do, I try to get that message out there is that you're the con you are in control of your own destiny and mm -hmm. don't let anyone else bring you down and be that rock that, that doesn't get you to that, that next summit. You're yeah. the one that can get there and never, ever give up and never ever have people tell you that you can't do it or if you believe in yourself you'll get there you don't know when you don't know how but you'll be there you know and that's that's how i feel with everything i've done in my life and my career something mm -hmm. my dad and my grandfather you know instilled on me in an early age and uh and here we are. At, I'm about 80% up this mountain, out M Mount Everest. And it ain't an easy one. You know, they don't call it hardware because it's easy. <laughs> it's called hardware for a reason. And, uh, and, and here we are doing this thing, guys, mm -hmm. during the worst worldwide uh, pandemic. in the. I mean, terrible. could we have chosen a worse time mm -hmm. to try to raise money and come out with something that we have to make in China? Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like every single odd is stacked against us. We're like Rocky Balboa up in this bitch. And so <laughs> and so for the folks out there, even if you don't like the machine. At least root for the underdog root root for, you know, we're we're David against Goliath here. Right. Mm -hmm. At least we're the little engine that could and we're not going to stop until we're running with the big boys, you know, yeah. and uh, and that that's the proposition. So even if you don't like us uh, or you don't like the machine or you don't like me, um, at least at least root for it. Root, root for the success of, of the little guy and, and the underdog. Well, the last thing good I want to say is that when I'm sitting downstairs playing an Amico with not just me and my two kids, but also my wife, and all four of us are playing, I will know that you're standing at top of your mountain. All right? I love so. that. I love that. I, I just, you just gave me, I, I just teared up a little. I'm being there you so, go. I got That's goosebumps. what I'm here for. <laughs> I got goosebumps when you just said that. That's a myth. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're going to do it. We'll be there. Hell yeah. Right? Hey, my Hell first yeah. thing. And I want to see game. a video. I'm looking uh -huh. forward to watching the Gamer Dad video <laughs> of you and well, your we'll family. Yeah, heck. Playing and, and reviewing it. Oh yeah, I'll even get my Chad kids and I are going to review it together. Show them, but I'll I'll give their opinions too. Uh, my son, he watches enough YouTube, and so it's tough to tell him not to watch YouTube when he knows you're making videos. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, awesome. we'll get him on here too. We're all going to do it, man. Chad, yeah. we got we got a collab to review this thing. All right, we got to do this together. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll do I'll do some segments. You do some segments. We'll put it in one big video. Absolutely. Yeah. I got. I'll get my uh, three-year-old and my, my will-be two-year-old to play this 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 console. You'll see me, me in the window looking in. <laughs> you can play. How it on your, your phone. wife? Did your wife play games? My wife. No. 
or Will's wife? Oh, well, wife? Both, yeah, both, well, both, yeah, yeah. Both, both yours. Yeah. Actually, my wife was just playing on the Switch, like, on the couch this entire time. <laughs> oh, that's funny. There you go. What yeah. was she playing? Overcooked. Uh, trying. Trying, yeah. Cool. So she's a gamer, then? Mm-hmm. Um, not really. <laughs> no? No, she'll, like, she'll play, like... I'm going to send her this clip, Will. I'm going to send her this clip. again for six months. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm going to send her that, that clip. And is that because there's not enough content out there for her? Yeah, she likes, she's very specific on what game she likes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. There you go. Well, we'll, we'll get her on, Amico. <laughs> My wife does huh? Just Dance, Minecraft, and then uh, Mario Kart, Zoo yeah. Tycoon, and those types of games. Yeah, lots, build, lots of world like, builders. She's going to like Utopia then. Ooh. Mm. Liking the sound of that. Yeah. yeah. You just keep mentioning all these games that I have in my box down here. So <laughs> all the old stuff, it's that that's making me tear up. Yeah, it does. It brings you back, doesn't it? Time, a time when we didn't have as much responsibilities as we do now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. That was good stuff. And it can be more good stuff. So it sounds good. All right. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, talk about? Tommy, no, before? I mean, we covered, that was two hours of great. Uh, we covered a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. People are going to be shocked when we drop a two-hour video on a Monday. They're like, what? This is a quick one for me. <laughs> well, Tommy, thank you so much for doing yes, this segment you. with us. And um, if you're still up for it after this, we're going to be reviewing OEB Pete on the next segment. I, I, I feel like uh, – well, I mean, I said my piece about OEB Pete. Yes, I, I, I feel like I'm, – because I'm, I'm, I'm friends with him. I, I feel yeah. like if I stayed – that it would just be biased, and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't okay, want to cloud okay. your guys' thing, but but just know that I love OEBP. I am a shill for OEBP. <laughs> so I even have an OEB uh, OEB Pete T-shirt that I bought. So nice. He didn't send it to me. I you know I wanted to uh, help the cause. So uh, you know. So full disclosure, I, and I'm one of his paid premium members as well. So uh, I, I love I love supporting. Uh, positive folks like that. So, uh, and I'm looking forward to hitting subscribe on 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 your page as well. Uh, I'm already a, a Krillcast uh, mm-hmm. subscriber, but uh, I want to get uh, the Gamer Dad on my. Yep. Uh, I'm going to Chad that the one. Gaming Dad. That's Chad it. That's, Gaming Dad. That's the one. You'll find some old Intellivision stuff on there, but some new stuff. And and geez, I'm just these guys know because they saw my biking video. But I'm going to try to go more retro. And I was talking about not liking what I'm seeing out of the new stuff, but that the one new thing that I was thinking about was this. So, cool. yeah, awesome. you'll find lots of good stuff on there. Anyway, cool. <laughs> so, so guys, to conclude this video, go subscribe to Chad the Gaming Dad. Go subscribe to Intellivision. Consider pre-ordering the Amico. Um, watch this video at least three times so we get at least six hours of watch time out of it. No, there I'm just you kidding. Go. <laughs> Heck yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's like so, one session of Call of Duty. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Just put it on in the background. Listen to it. Get your get your mind wrapped around the Amico. Okay, give Tommy some chance here. All right, and yeah, uh, Tommy convince you <laughs> exactly. After you hear it the second time, you'll be convinced. One hundred percent. I was convinced after watching about three interviews of Tommy, and I was like, I'm I'm on board with this concept. I think I watched like the announcement video, and it's like, oh man, I'm already starting to feel like I want this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you very much, Tommy, for coming on. Awesome guys, thank Great you so appreciate much. It. Yes, thank you. And uh, we'll sign off here. So, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Chad. I'm Tommy. And we will see you on next Krillcast. Bye, guys.
This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Chad, the Gaming Dad. And uh, before we get into OEB Pete for Tuber Tuesday, Chad, uh, what's your channel like? What do you do? I like to cover video games, and uh, it just is... Honestly, the stuff that I cover is more of whatever I'm into. I'm kind of like the kind of guy that... I, I always say that I just kind of have attention deficit when it comes to video games. I'll play them for a few hours and switch and switch and switch. So it, it just is kind of like a stream of consciousness, what I'm doing there. So you get a mixed bag. You get some new stuff, some old stuff. But going forward, I'm going to try to primarily kind of go back a little bit and do a lot more retro. But uh, if something else jumps up and I look at it and I feel like talking about it, I'll throw it up there. Very cool. And uh, if you guys don't remember Chad, we uh, reviewed him with John Black from Ford Atlantic about, what, three months ago now? Four months ago? Yeah, I think so. And uh, John has been a subscriber of Chad since then. So, you know, he did something right when we reviewed him. We got some new mm-hmm. subscribers in there. Yeah, but, I uh, did. I did see a bunch. Yeah. For those of you that are newer to the channel and didn't watch the Chad the Gaming Dad review, he's at 1,950 subscribers. So if 10% of you could go subscribe, you hit that nice 2K, and maybe we get some cool Chad the Gaming Dad special out of it. Yeah, I'm already. I already have a great idea uh, for my special, and I'll unveil it here. It's a world exclusive. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> once I hit the 2,000, I mean, it's kind of like a. It's also sort of a. You know when you watch TV and then they get to that one episode where they just didn't want to make one and they put all the clips from the previous episodes in? It's kind of going to be like that, but the reason why is because I've been around for almost six years and some of my personal favorite videos on my channel, uh, people didn't see. I've got a lot more subscribers now than I did six years ago, so I'm going to make like a compilation of a bunch of greatest hits that maybe you missed and stuff. So there's some cool stuff in there. My personal favorite one is the one where I go to Cedar Point and I take you be, I take you from the uh, newest stuff they have there all the way into the back of the park where they have things from like the turn of the century. So I loved that video, but it was a while ago. So <laughs> stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you guys don't need to go back and watch our old videos. Will would actually prefer you don't. Don't definitely don't do that. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't love all the old videos. There's just some that are that, that I would like to highlight. That's all. Yeah, fair enough. So fair the enough. first criticism I heard on the first video we did was that I had a thousand yard stare, and all I did was stare into the camera. And it's totally true. So now, like, I have to like purposely like look away because at first I was like, oh, this will make a connection with the audience if I look in the camera. No, that's super creepy. <laughs> There's a guy on YouTube that plays piano. Have you seen him? And he sits there. And he... Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did we lose Chad? He just sits there and says nothing. <laughs> Doesn't play the piano at all. Uh-oh. Awesome. Yeah, so cool. We're back then. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think it'd be even funnier if I just, like, cut the audio there and you're just, like, staring. Because that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like this guy with the piano, and he's. And then, <laughs> that was perfect. You could yeah. just like show the sun go down, and then it comes back up, and then I'll be like, cut back to this, and I go, so yeah, you got to watch that guy. He's really great. He plays this <laughs> awesome music channel. Yeah. And <laughs> anyway, uh, so today for Tuber Tuesday, we're covering a, uh, a, a kind of a personal new favorite of mine in Open Every Box Pete or OEB Pete, as his channel name would be described as. And uh, as soon as you're done uh, subscribing to Chad the Gaming Dad. Go and uh, subscribe to OEB Pete, youtube.com slash O-E-B-P-E-T-E. Open mm-hmm. every box, Pete. Well, I think uh, everyone knows how this review is going to go. It means you're telling the subscriber already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, if you don't like what we have to say, then obviously don't do it. But, you know, yeah. subscribe now. Give them that subscriber, a little boost. And then if you change your mind, you know, whatever. Don't, don't unsubscribe, though. <laughs> yeah, don't, just just keep them in there. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, so Tommy is from our segment yesterday, our two-hour segment yesterday. Holy cow, we did two hours on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you guys took the t- time to watch that because I'm sure OEB Pete will watch that and comment. And OEB Pete, you better go watch that and comment now <laughs> before you watch this video. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, we're going to be reviewing his channel. So before we get into the entire channel and our thoughts, I always give the stats and rattle off a little bit about him. So mm-hmm. OEB Pete currently has 1.32, 1,320 subscribers. His channel was created on July 18th, 2019. And he currently has, I'm going to update the view count from my script to what it actually is, which is 130,722 views. The description for his channel says, Hi, my name is Pete. Are you a fan of Intellivision Amico, Evercade, Modern Gaming, or anything in in between? Well, this is the positive channel for you. I'm an avid retro game collector who dabbles in comics, movies, and Funko Pops. I love talking about all things pop culture and gaming, and I'm dedicated to bringing positive vibes to YouTube any way I can. YouTube is not a place for you, then. (laughs) (laughs) I publish collecting videos, reviews, let's plays, and weekly news shows on Intellivision Amico and Evercade. I publish daily videos and host weekly podcasts around Amico and modern gaming. I respond to comments daily and, oops, we lost Chad Lost again. him again. That was just two of me again. This is the best part this. of the week. I publish daily videos and we host weekly podcasts around Amico and modern gaming. I respond to comments daily and cannot wait to meet you and chat about our common interests. If this kind or if this kind of content is something you think you may enjoy, then please take a moment to subscribe so that you don't miss any great original content. Done. I'm already subscribed. Did you? Yes. <laughs> I love this guy. I watch him all the time now. Um, let's see here. We'll get Chad back, but in the meantime, I'll just keep reading. So, uh, what OEB Pete is known for? Discussing his gaming collection, legacy games and new games. Discussing more niche 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 systems. Like the niche. Amico and the Evercade. Niche. Don't say niche. niche. Don't niche. do it. Whatever, niche. dude. And then being one of the most positive channels on YouTube in the gaming space. If you don't believe me, you can go to the video we had yesterday where Tommy Tallarico mm. gave major mm. props to OEBP. And we have Chad back. So even I am better. back. <laughs> so the, after we rattle off the stats, we go and look at the oldest video on, on uh, the, the mm-hmm. channel we're reviewing's channel. So let's go. What is his oldest video? Open every box number one. Toys R Us Funko Pop Surprise. Remember that store? Yeah, Toys R Us. It existed for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mine literally is an, one of those Halloween ones now. Oh, really? The, it actually uh, turned into the meme. Oh, no. That... <laughs> That's awesome. So this is just him doing his uh, unboxing and commentary on uh, Funko Pop Surprise from Toys R Us. Um curious what you got i'm gonna skip to the end sorry sorry oeb i don't have time for this video to actually watch six minutes worth of video i apologize we, we can't we can't do what i did with be aware of the scare where i literally watched i know you were so zoned out 20 <laughs> minutes of a video during a two-hour review of like 20 channels that was a bad idea <laughs> but this this is cool he's got looks like he's got a batman one let's see no uh, i guess he doesn't open it on camera hmm interesting Okay, so he's just showing us all the Funko Pops and talking about them. All right, back to his channel. What's his most popular video? What do you think it's about? 
you can have three Krillcast cash credits if, which are worth nothing, um, if you guessed Amico, because I'm pretty positive it's about As the Amico. Or, or it could be the Hori Split Pad Pro versus the Satisfied Pro Grip. I bet you didn't guess that was going to be it. Mm. So I'm very interested in this video. I did watch it because he's talking about the Split Pad Pro. Um, I actually think I saw this video before I subscribed later on because I was so interested in the Split Pad Pro and his was one of the reviews that came up for it. Have you guys uh, seen the Split Pad Pro for the Switch yet? Yeah, I saw it. It's kind of interesting because you always need some spare Joy-Cons and so Mm -hmm. you get them with that and a way to hold it because unless you're a little kid, it is tough without some Mm -hmm. kind of grips on there. I'm not the biggest fan of the standard Joy-Con, so I do have a Pro Controller for when I play docked. I do not mm-hmm. play Joy-Cons when I don't play docked, unless I have to play uh, a co-op or two-player game with Will, and then, then I yeah. will default. I appreciate to... you giving me the Pro Controller, because I, like, I don't have the biggest hands ever, but man, <laughs> it, it is hard to hold a, a normal controller. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, so he's review- he did a really good review of the both the Split Pad Pro and the Satisfied Pro Grip, um, something that you could really relate to as, as a gamer, so... Um, I appreciate that he did this. I don't know a lot of people doing the comparisons on the grips. They usually just review one grip at a time. Mm-hmm. So it is cool to see this kind of video. Um, mm-hmm. So what do we want to talk about next? We want to talk about things we like about Open Every Box Pete's channel. Some things that we think he's doing very well. Do you want to go first, Chad, or should I? I'll go first real quick. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm going to just sort of echo what Tommy had said on uh, the yesterday's yeah. show, where he's just really positive. He has a you know, it's it's fun to watch because he's not just complaining about everything like a lot of things. I mean, sometimes there are things that you need to complain about, but some channels, they just get into that zone where it's like, let's all sit around and bash something. And this guy doesn't do that. So mm-hmm. it's a lot more, a lot more fun to watch, especially if you're just relaxing. You know, you want to hear about something. And I'm not surprised that his uh, big, big video is a comparison like that because a lot of people want to know if that's good or not. So, I mean, it's... Uh, not everybody goes and buys both of them, you know? So <laughs> I think he's doing good work. This That's is his right. joke of a complaining video, by the way. It's really oh. hilarious to watch because he starts out the video with, I'm furious that the Amico comes with two controllers. <laughs> he's, just like, he's just getting mad about stupid things. It's, it's funny. the burning embers going there. I like yeah, that. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever want to see uh, OEB Pete mad or faking being mad, here's a video for you. Go watch his April Fool's video. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but uh yeah i i echo everything you've just said about him uh, i love the fact that he's very positive he's very community oriented too which a lot of these smaller youtubers are not community oriented they're not willing to go be above and beyond to react and comment and reply to the community they've built and a lot of times you don't understand your community he understands the community very well he knows mm-hmm. that it's amico fans he knows that it's um, the Evercade fans and a lot of retro gaming fans. So he definitely points a lot of his content towards those subjects. But also, his PM in the PM podcast is just fun. Because if he sees a thing in the chat, he highlights it, brings it up on screen, and then they discuss it. And they add that subject to their topics. So it works out really great. Because if, if you're like me and you come up with a lot of great ideas for a podcast, he'll take your question and turn it into one of their extra topics. So. Mm. Kudos to Chris from the Krillcast for actually getting subjects into the PM and the PM podcast, you know? (laughs) 
Pete, you got to have me on sometime when we can figure out some timing. Yeah. But hint, you know. hint. <laughs> he already said he already reached out to me. He said you need to come on. I was like, I do, but we got to find a time <laughs> I can actually do it. About time you had a good idea. <laughs> um, so, what are uh, Will? Do you have anything you want to say about? Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's echoing the same thing. I love the positivity. I mean, I was actually thinking about this is the uh, people who I'm subscribed to. Most of them like live off negativity. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like perfect example of this is Angry Joe. I love watching his videos, but like the whole idea of his videos is he gets really mad. So like, you <laughs> watch those videos to see him get really upset at a video game. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just nice to have like a channel or two where they're not like that. And, you know, Pete obviously, you know, fits that bill. I also appreciate how, you know, you said that he knows his audience really well. And he knows that a lot of people like the Amico on his channel. If you look at his banner. He's actually holding the controller. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> really nice. Nice little nod there. Um, yeah, so I like the positivity, and I, I just like the flow overall flow of his videos. I, and I want to uh, preface this: I found OEB's channel, OEB Pete's channel, through that uh, game test play video I was telling you guys about, um, the one we talked about with Tommy on the previous episode, game test oh, really? play. Yeah, and it was, I really uh, liked it. This video was just terrible, by the way. <laughs> this video right here, yeah. He, yeah. he criticizes Tommy. He criticizes uh, OEB Pete a little bit, and he criticizes a, another guy who just like kind of crapped on the Amico and why he was canceling his pre-order and this and that. And uh, this video is great. Game test play. I highly recommend you check out this video. Tommy was completely open to the criticism. He appreciated the humor the guy had, and that's how I found OEB Pete. So, Pete, you owe this guy my subscription because I never would have found you without him. Hmm. Um, but back to OVP, I love his graphics because it, it literally matches up with like his face a little bit and pretty well the graphic does. And mm-hmm. I love his banner because it's happily collecting video games, Funko Pops, and memories. And anytime you hear the word happy in gaming, I always think of Happy Console Gamer, who's another very positive person. So he's building yes. a happy and positive audience on YouTube, and there's not that many people doing it. And I love mm-hmm. the fact that he's doing it. And that's mm-hmm. what we strive to do. We try not to be very negative. We try to be a a positive light in the community on our podcast as well. So yep. until face off Friday, well, <laughs> that's not even negative. <laughs> not, not really humor negative. negative in a humorous way. Like angry Joe sometimes is fun. Oh yeah. You know? yeah, for sure. So I mean, you can do that too. And plus with him anyway, I like watching when they're just laughing, having a good time playing something, especially if it's yeah. maybe a bad game and they laugh about stuff. So, Oh, I don't mean negative. I'm fine being <laughs> negative about a game or something yeah. if it deserves it, but we try to be positive in the community. Absolutely. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I'm, we're not being shills that are always positive. We're, we're being positive in the community. Does that make sense? Yeah. And OEVP, he tries to highlight the things he loves, and I love that about him. So, mm-hmm. what are some things we think OEVP can improve? I can go first if you guys would like. Yeah, sure. Right. So, the thing I, I think he could really do well with is some more flow to his thumbnails. They are all over the place. I always know it's him because his thumbnails are, you can tell it's an OEVP thumbnail. It's very clearly an OEVP thumbnail. But um, when I look at these thumbnails, it's like there's no consistency. Yeah. And I think if he could come up with like a consistent, either a border or consistent font style amongst it, at least for, for the series he does like PM and the PM, I think he's got a lot of similar thumbnails, but not always the same. So I, I just think his thumbnails could really, really spruce up his channel a lot. 
And I know he does a ton of videos, so it might be difficult to do that, but it, I think it would help him quite a bit if he spruced up his thumbnails. I was always told to try to make a border or something that is like your stamp on each one. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of it kind of like I saw a video recently about just game boxes. I think it was uh, Scott the Waz. Yep. Yeah, and, and how he was showing how, I don't know, I have this. I'm not trying to, but I just got this game. But you know it's a PS4 game because it's got the the, the thing around it. Mm-hmm. Every, they all have the same the same border, the same little logo. So, I mean, when you see, if you see mine, I do that with my logo down in the corner with the same color around it every time. Mm-hmm. The pictures change, but if you're just scrolling through your subscriptions and you see that border and you know, like anytime I do a phone or run, I always have that same, yep. you, know it's, it's, you know it's one of my reviews because it's got that white triangle. Anything else that I talk about, I at least have the thing down in the left corner. So if you're scrolling through, you know it's mine. So And like you I know ours if you early. see the shrimp. You see the yeah. shrimp, you know it's us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That helps. I mean, because when you get a lot of stuff and you're scrolling through and you see that, you might, it catches your eye. I was. That's what I said. They, they taught me that. Guys that I learned from early taught me that. So I will say this. the uh, Oh, look, you can get a preview on the Skyrion. Oh, no, the Skyrion stuff will be out by the time we, yeah, <laughs> this releases. Preview <laughs> <laughs> for Chad, but nobody else. Preview <laughs> for Chad. You get to see it before everybody else. Cool. But, um. Yeah, our, we went through a rebrand recently, and I've noticed that our views are better than I expected. Uh, it does kind of depend. Yeah, they're more consistent. Um, we're getting better better consistency in our views, that's for sure, since we rebranded. But before that, like everybody's like, oh, it's you know two guys and a shrimp. What is this even about? <laughs> like, So now yeah. the shrimp is more, it's a cooking show. Is more of the uh, lesser subject, but it helps you know it's part of the same series. And then yeah. the subject itself highlights the screen rather than half the screen being taken up by mine and Will's faces. <laughs> well, and a lot of people don't use the yellow, so that jumps out against everybody else's. Like, mine's blue. There's a lot of blue ones. Um, but that one, for what you guys are doing, I'm not surprised that it's starting to pop more because, I mean, just look at the screen. You, you can see each box individually without even having to look. Mm-hmm. So. And we started with yellow, too, by the way. Well, no, we didn't. That's, that's also not true. We started with some... <laughs> Pete, if you want to see some interesting thumbnails, Don't we started with. <laughs> yeah, they have they have their own charm, but then we rolled oh. into yellow. We did yellow for a while like this, and yeah. then eventually we changed to the gray, and then we started to notice the like the grays just blend in with everything. So mm-hmm. that's why we swapped back to yellow and we changed it up completely. So rebranding yeah. thumbnails it'll hurt you for a minute, and then once people realize what you've done the thumbnails being branded will only help you going forward. Once people figure yeah. out that you are branding differently than you used to. And I highly recommend to anybody watching this video, who's trying to start YouTube, come up with a good branding right out the get go. That's solidly you, but also doesn't get in the way of the subject material of your videos. Uh, like Chad, the gaming dads is really mm-hmm. good. He's got the, he's got his symbol in every corner of his videos. And then like he said, his series fun or run has the corner spot. And then the subject of his video takes up the most space. A lot of people yeah. put their own branding too big in the middle of the screen when they start, and that does hurt you because if they don't, if nobody knows who you are, your branding doesn't mean anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. But once they know who you are and they see your videos, seeing that logo will keep them coming back. And honestly, I the corner thing is from some of the channels that I like the most. So, you know, I, I somebody somebody very famous one time told me that you know you you just steal from the best and then you can be good too <laughs> so, <laughs> if you see something that's working great for somebody you mm-hmm. know make it your own 
don't do exactly the same thing, but I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I always notice that top corner, so uh, maybe I'll make one too. Uh, I will say this, Pete, as you go along, your um, your comfortability in front of the camera is very clearly getting better. You are definitely way more comfortable mm-hmm. in front of the camera than when you started, and you're only going to get better. So what are our predictions for his channel? I'll go first. I think he's going to go a lot bigger, especially once the Amico's out and it starts to become something that people aren't just doing negative things about. Once people realize that it is cool and they mm-hmm. get it in their house and they play it and it does what Tommy says it's going to do, uh, then all of a sudden he'll be like the premier guy for that, you know? He's already one of the premier Evercade guys. Yeah. So how many subs will he have at the end of the year? Mm. What's he at now, 1,400? 1320 but i'm getting there yeah uh by the end of this year probably getting closer to 2000 maybe because the system's not coming out till next year but once it comes out that's gonna probably boost him a ton hey don't Mm -hmm. forget tommy's dropping what the physical media is in december that could really help pete that might help him a ton too especially if he's got little things to show Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Tommy does constantly drop little drips of information into OEB Pete's channel, so I think cool. he's got a good chance at 2K by the end of the yep. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an easy goal. And and when the system launches, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit 5K pretty quick after that. Mm-hmm. A lot of searches will go straight to him. Yeah, exactly, because he is kind of the premier Amico channel besides in television. Yeah. And then the, besides him, there are some other big channels that have covered it, like Rich from Review Tech USA has covered it. Mm-hmm. So his channel, his video is one of the first ones to pop up, followed by OEBP and Smash JT. So these guys are all really cool channels, but um, go subscribe to OEBP. He needs some more subscribers. And one little known fact about him, I'm just going to end this on this note. He does donate a lot of the money he makes on YouTube to charity, if not all of it. Oh, cool. I, don't, I don't know the exact number, but it's the children's hospitals he donates to. So... Mm. Very cool dude. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate the fact that he's on YouTube. So very positive, and he's not trying to make money off for himself, his own individual profit. Um, and if he hits 2K by the end of the year, he's going to give away an Evercade system. So even more very incentive cool. for you guys to subscribe. Nice. Um, anything else? Any last thoughts? No, I think he's doing well. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, as always, I'm Chris. I'm Will. And I'm Chad the Gaming Dad. And we will see you. Next Krillcast. Bye, guys. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Chad the Gaming Dad. And before we get into Chad's channel and all about Chad, Will, what's today? It is a Wild Car Wednesday. Or Conversations uh, with the Krillcast. Exactly. I was going to remind you that, but you did it this time. Mm -hmm. Chad, tell everybody about your channel real quick, a synopsis, so they can click into another tab while they're watching this and subscribe to your channel before they even know who you are. Okay. Well, you should definitely subscribe. I've been doing this for a few years, and I have all kinds of different stuff on there. And if you like retro, if you like current stuff, if you like 
odd things. Some flea markets on there, too. Searching for things, wearing the GoPro and going and finding things. A little bit of everything on there. Whatever I seem to be into that week is normally what I made a video about. Uh, Try to hit some of the big items when they come out and things like that. But you'll find all kinds of stuff. It's, It's all video games all the way around, going all the way back to the Intellivision and everything, all the way up through till today, all the new stuff. So a little bit of everything. You'll find something you like if you just scroll through for sure. And before we start the uh, conversation slash interview portion, shout out to uh, John Black from Fort Atlantic because he's the one that got me turned on to Chad's channel because he said when we went to go and do a review, when he came on the podcast, he said, I want somebody that can kind of relate to dads and gaming so that I can kind of watch some reviews and that kind of stuff. And so I looked, and YouTube has got a lot of dads playing games, but not a lot of dads talking about playing games with their kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. So Chad's Mm -hmm. channel really stuck out. So if you're a dad looking for a channel to watch and relate relate to as a dad in general, his is the channel for you. And that's my tagline, too, is that uh, you never outgrow video games. And I dedicate my channel to all of us grown-ups that don't have to grow up. So <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, Will, why don't you ask him that first question? All right. So first question, uh, what inspired you to create your YouTube channel? Um, primarily, I you know, did go to school for some media stuff, so I wanted to continue to do that even as a hobby if I wasn't doing it for a full-time job. And so I like editing and all that kind of stuff. But then once I started watching YouTube, I started watching a lot of these guys that were my favorites from way back, like the guys like Angry Video Game Nerd and and the Angry Joes and all these guys, and I was watching their videos just thinking how cool it would be to sit back and try to produce something and make it look really funny and cool and everything. So I just decided to give it a try, and I started making some stuff, and sometimes I do things that have more to it, and then sometimes like this one, I'm probably just sitting here talking about whatever was on my mind that day. Uh, so really just watching a lot of other people. Uh, when we talked to Tommy uh, earlier in the week, uh, him being on that show with Victor Lucas, I mean, I used to watch G4 all the time with those guys, and I would just watch and go, my God, they're sitting talking about video games. I, I just want to – I actually put my controller down back then and watched them, you know, because it was so fun <laughs> to see some people talking about games. And so that was like the really early stuff. And then once you guys saw YouTube, I'm like, wait, I, maybe I can do some of that. And that's really what got me kind of kicked into it. Uh, The other funny thing is I have some videos on here and some people know and some people don't, but I was into independent pro wrestling for a while and I only did it for a few years because I started once I was already in my thirties. So I only, I didn't do that for a long time, but I got that drive where I wanted to be in front of people and and do some kind of a show or something. And so once I kind of stepped out of the ring, I, that's, Another reason why I jumped into this because had to have some kind of creative outlet other than just mm-hmm. going to work. So, yeah, very cool. cool. I can respect that because um, the reason I got into this in the first place as well was because I watched other people doing it, um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> namely uh, somebody that uh, Tommy name dropped in the in either before, or after, or during the pie. I don't remember, um, but it was a, it was an inspiration to try and do what they were doing, but uh, essentially try to do it better. I mean. That's how some of the best YouTube stars get into it is they want to do it, but do it better, right? Mm-hmm. Like Halo Cannon follow, watched Halo Follower for a while, and he really enjoyed <laughs> he really enjoyed yeah. Halo content. So he's like, I want to do this, but I want to do it better. And sometimes people succeed, sometimes they don't. And, um, you know, even relative success, uh, I, I feel like our 500 subscribers is relatively successful. 
and uh, we'd love to be where you're at, almost 2K. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a thing. I don't know if you can see it. It's stuck to the wall back there, but um, I made like a thing. Uh, that was my 500 subscriber special, and it, it wasn't that long ago. So it's like the first few hundred go slow, and then it it does pick up after that. It's all about YouTube's algorithms and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how they refer people to you or, or push your stuff and this and that. And so I, you guys are doing tons of work in putting out as many videos as you do, as often as you do and everything. It's just, it's, it'll happen. Just keep going <laughs> for sure. Much. Yeah. So how would you describe your relationship with YouTube and social media? Uh, if somebody comments or something on my videos, I try to respond to everything. And I mean, I, I would say I'm 99% there. If somebody puts a comment on a video I made three years ago, and it's just, you know, I don't respond to all those things when it's like some spam or whatever. But when I put out a video, I'm looking at it constantly to see what people are saying, especially the first few days. And then even after that, when I go back before I make another video, I'm checking and I'm always responding to people. Uh, as far as social media goes, I have a limited presence. I have my Twitter where I will announce games. And sometimes if I see something funny, I'll put something up. And for Facebook, it's more or less just announcing videos that I make but I try to talk to as many people as I can on social media if they ask a question or they want to talk about something I'm totally that's what I got into this for to talk about games so why wouldn't you want to talk about it with them so yeah and there's Jericho with his thousand holds (laughs) very nice all right well what do you got for that next question all right so what's your favorite console and what's your favorite handheld uh Favorite handheld probably is going to be it's it's going to sound like a cop out, but the Switch is great, <laughs> and and the 3DS, 3DS I probably played more than even the Switch now because I've had it for so long. I would just lay in bed, Binding of Isaac on 3DS. You can play that endlessly, so mm-hmm. that's good. My wife at one point told me she goes, "Quit playing that depressing game because it's the kids crying and everything every night in bed." I'm sitting there, you know, trying to get through the dungeons. But uh, as far as my favorite console. I have favorites all along the way. Uh, the one that I probably have the most games for is the PS4. I really love that system. I got so much stuff for it. Um, but, you know, I, I loved my Intellivisions back when I was younger. I was more of a Sega guy in college. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the PS1. I used to work at Cedar Point uh, when I was in college. And so I remember I was there they brought a PS one to us before it was on the market and they brought it up on like, you know, when you're in school and the TV that'll fall on your head, if you don't, you know, on the cart, they brought one of those carts out with the TV on top of it with a PS one attached to it. And I'm standing there and I'm going Ridge racer. I'm like, the arcades right over there. That looks exactly like it. And I mean, and so the PS one was amazing. You just, I have so many great memories along the way of all these different systems. Um, but if you're looking just by the numbers, it's probably PS4, honestly, because I just have that much stuff on it that I've bought. Just hundreds of games on that thing. So, cool. Yeah. What would you say your favorite content you produce is? Like, what series of videos or what particular type of content makes you happy to produce? Uh, I like jumping on and just talking and everything like that. But the ones that I'm most proud of are the ones that I put more production into. Uh, some of my older ones where I'm actually come up with a skit or something and have to film a whole thing. 
those are great. Um, but really, my my all time favorite one, um, you might even be able to look it up if you put it in there. But it's uh, Cedar Point, and I think I, I think of the name of it. It's an older one that I had. It was Cedar Point. You can put Chad the Gaming Dad Cedar Point. Um, how far back can we go? Yeah, that one. How retro can we go? That one, I love. That's my favorite video. If anybody wants to watch my channel, watch that one at least because that's the favorite video that I ever made because I went through and told a story and took you on like a historical walk through the park from all the new stuff all the way back to the old stuff and related it how even your grandpa will tell you, ah, man, don't play those games. Well, I got proof that he had games too because they're in there. You know, they're in there. So mm. the stuff where I, I, I like, you may notice this on a lot of my videos too. I can't, I can't do a video without talking about some of the history of how it got there. So I guess that's maybe some of the stuff that I really like. I mean, even if I do the Golden Tee video, uh, I have to go back and go, well, did you know Golden Tee started like this? And so mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's the stuff I like the most is when I can tell a story and not just a simple review or something else simple. I like to, I don't know, maybe that's the media side of me from way back is I just want to take <laughs> people on a ride, kind of take them mm -hmm. through something. So take them on a ride like a roller coaster. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that I worked there for three years and everything, I mean, I, it just means a lot to me, that one, because of all the time I spent there and everything else. So I didn't realize they had an arcade. I've been there several times. It's right in the middle. It's like the biggest arcade. I love the arcade there. Yeah. I had no idea. I worked in the arcade for a while. I was, I was one of the games guys, so I went around to all these different games, but then sometimes you'd have to go work in the arcade, too. So, I mean, that mm. was super cool. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was a long time ago, though, when I worked there. <laughs> The Raptor was new. Oh, <laughs> wow. It was a while ago. It is a while. Yeah. Oh, man, look at the beach. How old yes, is that picture? I, I want to make like a... This is more of a documentary style. So yeah. I mean, that answers your question. I like to do... Take take you through a, a journey on something and, and document it and that. I mean, not to get all Ken Burns, like, you know, stuff like that. But <laughs> I like telling a story and showing it in the pictures as well. So, yeah. Very cool. I remember uh, I spent about a good two hours trying to win a Zippo lighter in there once. <laughs> those things, oh man. I can hear the music right now. As soon as I look at those things, I know exactly. exactly <laughs> like I'm it. just, I can't believe I never noticed this. <laughs> it's huge. It's right It's right there across from me. I, I just like, I, I wanted to get to the dragster apparently, and I just ignored everything else. The dragster is good. Did you ever get a rollback on that? No, I never had. A, I never got stuck or rolled back. No, for free without waiting in line. That's amazing. I love doing that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big roller coaster fan too. Mm -hmm. I just have to uh, slim down a little bit before I can get on some of the new ones. They're quite restricted. You're like, oh man. Once you hit in your mid forties, you're like, but I still want to ride. I can't put the belt on. It's mm -hmm. terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna sound. Uh, I'm gonna sound like an old guy, but the last time I went to Cedar Point, I was just mad about the way they had change the bins and how you can use them now oh, you gotta buy a locker complaining about this i was so <laughs> mad and then i almost got sick on one of the rides i was like man am i getting old or what yeah yeah I, well I, I read i rode the mean streak before they changed it and i got a headache and that's when i was like oh man this is not cool i used to be able to ride that no problem mm -hmm. that's why they changed it it's rough still <laughs> <laughs> anyway without being a cedar point channel at this point you know <laughs> Well, yeah. you know, if, if Cedar Point is a big part of uh, your, your what you feel is good content you put out, then it's a good thing we talked about it. 
Yeah. This one in particular, just because it was the more documentary ish kind of thing where, uh, I don't know. I even, there's music in here too. If you watch it, uh, gosh, I think his name is Epic Game Music. I have him in the description. Uh, met him at Too Many Games and he was giving out CDs and, and I got permission to use his original stuff. He's a YouTuber also. And so I have his music in the background playing and, and uh, so it was just like a whole thing all came together. It was cool. Awesome. I'm definitely going to have to go watch this one now. That's for sure. Um, yes. Will, you got that next question. All right. Um, uh, how do you balance your gaming content creation and your family and work? Uh, well, for like the last nine years, I worked at home. So I that saved time going back mm-hmm. and forth to work. But then I was back in the office. But then, of course, February and March, now we're back at home again. But um, <laughs> I can't make content when I'm at work, but I don't have to drive to work, so I have more time. Uh, I try to just do stuff with little kids. I mean, my kids are now uh, 10 and 7, and they are going to bed at a certain time. It's, it's like nighttime when you do everything, whether you're going to play games or or make videos or anything, which kind of explains why my channel slowed down a little bit over the years is because as they started to get older, the kids aren't going to bed so early and things Mm -hmm. like that. So um, I do what I can when I have a chance and with my regular job and some freelance stuff on the side, I I squeeze in things where I can. Um, But obviously this isn't my main job and it's also not my family. So it's got to come when I can squeeze it in, honestly. Um, but with gaming anyway, we were talking earlier about, you know, retro stuff versus, uh, other things. The newest games are just demanding so much of your time and everything. So, um, it's, that's a part of it too. I mean, you can't play a hundred hours for every single game (laughs) and make it through them. So, yeah, Yeah, well, actually I purposely buy shorter games now because like, man, Mm -hmm. I don't want to spend that much time trying to beat this. Yeah. (laughs) Or I just yeah. go back to the games I already love. Exactly, because then I, I don't feel like the obligation to spend 60, 70 hours in it. Yeah, you feel like you're... I don't know how many times I've restarted the same games over and over again because I'll mm-hmm. play them for three or four hours and then something else pops up and then I go back mm-hmm. to it months later and I'm like, I just don't remember where I'm at. Start over. So I've played the beginning of a bunch of my games three and four times and it that gets kind of crazy too, so... I don't know. There's all kinds of things about it. But, yeah, you just have to squeeze in the time where you can, you know. And now my kids are getting old enough. They like to play stuff with me. So maybe you get a few more hours as they get a little bit older. It's sort of a build curve kind of thing you do. So Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, when they get to be, uh, you know, feisty teenagers, you'll, you'll get your time back to yourself for a minute. <laughs> 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 <So>. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see here. So you stated recently – that you're moving to be more of a retro-oriented channel. What is uh, fueling the move, and uh, what, what's what got you fed up with modern gaming? I think we've kind of covered a little bit of that already, but... I mean, more specifically, I understand that all the new games are amazing. I'm playing, like, Ghost of Tsushima and everything, and it just looks awesome, right? And all these things are great, but at some point, I have to cut it off and just be like, look, I got so many games, I probably have 400 different games between digital and physical on my PS4, that and less than 10% of them are finished. So I could play those for the rest of my life and be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, things just cost so much. Now, if people think that the PS5 is going to be less asking less of you, I don't know. I don't believe it because I've already had to get multiple hard drives and everything just to save these things yeah. so that they run. And I mean, 
even if they give you something that uh, has a big hard drive in it, say it's a couple, you know, gig or whatever, or even some terabytes, all these things that they put in there. I mean, the current Call of Duty is over 100 gigabytes just for one game. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what's fueling it is it's like, wait a minute. Not only are they now they're talking about making the games not 60 bucks, but 70. That's the other thing, too, is the cost is just keeps going up because that's how it is but uh you listen to some of these guys on the internet that highlight things that are going on with the industry and it's just like you know the focus isn't on just having fun that's the whole reason why you want to buy the games you want to have fun but their focus is on hooking you in and making you want to buy more things mm-hmm. it's all about that Fortnite skin and uh different maps i mean you get a everything it's just getting too expensive and they're asking too much of it, and I really can't, with the previous question, I can't spend 100 hours on a game even if I wanted to, because I just don't have the time, so why am I spending $1,000 worth of money to get a new console and some hard drives and some this, some of that, and for something that I can't really play through the whole thing anyway, so I think I'm just going to try to retreat back to what I already have for the time being, maybe later on down the road, especially with kids that my son... What if what if the thing that everybody he's playing with at school is on PS5? I may wind up getting one for that, but not right now, not right off the bat. So, mm-hmm. um, but I got so much retro stuff, tons of stuff, all the way back to the Intellivision, all the other consoles. Everything's hooked up. I can, I can, I can stream my Atari 2600. So we can just go back to whatever. Got plenty mm-hmm. of other things to play with, and uh, so that's kind of what I've been thinking recently, as far as that goes. Yeah, you definitely could get you could stream some retro stuff. There's a lot less people doing it, mm-hmm. um, so your competition is a little lower, and uh, there's a lot of people that would like that content. Because mm-hmm. I, I made a video about Hero. You guys watch Metal Jesus? Everybody's heard of him, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and his favorite game is Hero. It was funny because I made a video about it, and I kind of I didn't stream it, but I set up a TV and played it while I was talking about it and everything. And what do you know? Who's commenting on my video? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> set, there's not a whole lot of it out there. So. And being the age that I am and the generation that I'm from and everything, I don't really, not that I don't want to talk to younger people, but it's nice to just talk to guys that have the same kind of background as you. So if I start doing retro stuff, a lot of the community that I'll be talking with yeah. back and forth. Uh, it's a really a good point, of, actually, yeah. You know, so it's good. That's a good game, too. Rescue. Plus you can introduce your uh, audience to older games that you love and yeah. maybe get them excited about Tommy remaking it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good times. I mean, you saw my son there. This was a few years ago in that video, but uh, we used to have Atari party where I have my giant box. I got like 100 Atari cartridges too and hook it up and we would just sit there and he just reminded me of me because he's grabbing, putting it in, taking it out, taking another one in. We're playing combat, you know, with the tanks and everything. Mm -hmm. You can have all the fun you want to have even with the old stuff if it doesn't have the greatest graphics in the world yep. it doesn't have to look like ghost of tsushima to have fun you know so mm-hmm. yeah that's why i'd like to focus on some of that stuff because sometimes it's lost in the shuffle with everybody looking for the newest things and i don't yeah, know definitely. And i already have it so i don't have to rebuy it to make a video about mm-hmm. it. exactly so, yeah all right will you got that next got one? next one yeah uh as an intellivision fan are you excited for the amico and have you pre-ordered it i already know the answer to this i'm definitely <laughs> excited now i was excited already but after talking to tommy for two hours everybody go back <laughs> and watch the entire video there's very much important information in there but um i didn't have it pre-ordered before i may do that now simply because 
the wood grain one probably isn't going to be available in the store at launch. And, you know, like, I have to keep showing this. I have the original wood grain one, so I need <laughs> the other wood grain. But, yeah, I I think it's a, it's a done deal now because what he was talking about, the fact that uh, you can play it with your kids and it's not going to cost a million dollars. Uh, you know, two fifty isn't isn't super cheap, but it's half of what these other guys are asking for. And his comes with the stuff that you need to mm-hmm. play. They are saying, "Oh, I have five hundred dollars PS4. Come on, buy it." But you know, you have to buy extra stuff. You've got to buy this. You got to buy that. Games are going to be seventy dollars. You know, so yeah, the Miko definitely is going to be something that's fun for us to do uh, without breaking the bank and still having fun. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Definitely excited about the Amico. 100%. I am too. I know Will's getting there. Yeah, I'm definitely getting there. Yeah, again, like I said before, every time Tommy speaks, I'm like, oh man, I'm more excited now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he reminds me of listening to like when Arnold Schwarzenegger does a speech and he's like, you cannot fail, you just fail until you don't fail, you know? Yeah. And he's that whole, yeah, so it's, it's kind of uh, contagious, that kind of energy when you hear it from somebody. So I like that. Yeah, do absolutely. Um, as a dad gamer, do you find yourself looking for more co-op games for you and your kids to play together, or do you prefer the single-player games? Uh, I like a lot of single-player games for myself, but again, we just talked about it where you don't really have the time to go through the whole things. But sometimes I do like to just sit here and play something by myself. But my son is now at the age where he wants to play everything, so I do look for co-op games to play with him. And uh, you know, you guys are big halo fans my son is wicked on halo he's doing great you know and (laughs) it's nice because you can get like the the halo collection and most of them will let you play split screen Mm co-op of course the new one you can't because that's why we don't like the new games because they expect everyone to buy their own console even if you're in the same house together but uh (laughs) i digress so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean i love playing stuff like that with them i recently uh got the borderlands game uh, Borderlands 3, I had some of the old ones, and he saw that, and I'm thinking, yeah, okay, so we start playing it, and it's so far so good, it's kind of fantasy, it's not realistic, I don't really want to play Call of Duty, because it's like real people shooting and mm-hmm. stuff, but then of course it gets into like the adult rated type jokes and stuff, and I'm like, alright dude, we gotta turn it off now, we were having fun, and they blew it, so if I can see more co-op games where I can play with him and my mm-hmm. daughter both, um, that's pretty fun. I mean, we play a lot of stuff on the Switch that that you can do multiplayer, and but they're getting they're both getting really good. They're both pretty soon just going to be able to whoop my butt. And so, <laughs> you know, he's playing soccer now, so I'm trying to get him to play some FIFA so we can maybe do mm. some of that. And yeah, definitely looking for co-op stuff. That's the that's the thing that I always like when I started my channel about gaming with kids and everything is that if you can find a way to bring them in and play with them well then you don't have to stop playing so that's always a good thing uh, yeah it's it's a challenge to find stuff that is appropriate and i mean you can push the boundaries a little bit here and there like i did with borderlands for a minute but then it's like mm. so mm-hmm. definitely good in, in the in the amico with everything being co-op and you have plenty of controllers right out of the gate and everything not to be an amico shill but it's the facts that's how it's going to come when you buy it that lends itself to playing things with your kids yes, and definitely that's that's one of their selling points so yeah all right Absolutely. so next question 
I agree with uh, everything you said, Chad. I'm way on I'm way on board with that. I love co-op. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait for my kids to be old enough to play with me sometime. Yeah, and also I like that test stress or you know stress test that they show, like how you can drop it multiple times and it's oh, okay yeah. because I mean the idea is you're gonna play with your kids, um, mm. and you know they're always throwing everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, my little sister dropped my Wii U uh, gamepad. And I was like, my heart dropped. He was like, oh my gosh, that thing's going to shatter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and if you okay. lose that, you're kind of done. You need to go. <laughs> and yes. they don't make them anymore. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. I have one of those, too. Those are good. I like the Wii U. I love I the Wii U. I a video about yeah. that, too. Wii U is good. But uh, people just didn't catch on. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked at length that uh, when that first came out, I thought it was just a controller. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> You'd, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize it was a console. And I watch a lot of videos, so I knew it wasn't, but I could see where that was a big thing for a lot of people. I'm sure my wife didn't know. I said, I wanted a Wii U. She's like, what are you talking about? You have a Wii. Said, no, no, no. It's new things. New Mario games. There's this, there's that. I liked the whole two-screen thing. Heck, I can even play Star Fox. Some people hate that. I could play that. That one's fun. So, I love I the know. Zelda having the inventory available to you at all times. Yes. It's so mm-hmm. nice and convenient. Like Nintendo mm-hmm. really had a good idea with that. I think they did the same thing with uh, like Xenoblade and Pikmin, where there was something on the screen that just stayed there mm-hmm. that you could refer back to. Um, interesting. To, I'm wondering how they're going to do Pikmin 3 soon when they release it again, but um, probably just hit a button, it'll flip. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was nice to just have it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, then, and they'll probably have a stylus that you can use in tablet mode. Yeah. Well, did you see the thing for the Mario 3D? whatever the 3d uh collection that's coming out i already pre-ordered it <laughs> i did too i did too but uh for mario galaxy anyway you use your finger when you're playing it not on the tv because if it's on the tv you kind of have to split the joy con to do it Wii style but when it's in handheld where you normally point the pointer you're just going to touch the screen so that you can play it handheld and that's kind of cool so mm-hmm. i like that i like it when they can do enhancements like that i know that they did the um, motion controls for the uh, Metroid games for aiming from the mm-hmm. they upgraded them from the GameCube versions. So, yeah, I was playing that not too long ago on the Wii U because I have the Metroid trilogy for the Wii and yeah, the whole mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah. What's your uh, What's your favorite game? Oh, I'm you sorry, Will. I stole your question. Go ahead, yeah. Will. Ask the oh, question. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what's your favorite single player game? <laughs> Yakuza. Um, oh yeah. My favorite game of all time used to be, well, and it still kind of is as far as favorite game of all time, was X-Wing, because I loved the flight sims and everything. And, and when I was a kid, my dad had a computer that had all of, like, 200 meg of memory, and we were like, oh, my God, you'll never fill that. But uh, <laughs> so I played a ton of X-Wing back in the day, but the most, the biggest surprise I've had, bar none, for, like, like the last 20 years, I was watching, I heard about that Yakuza 0 when it came out. And it was actually Angry Joe's video. I'm watching it, and he's making fun of this thing, and and he's going, normally I'd hate this game because it has this, and it has this, and it has this, but it's too much fun. It's really weird, and it's this, (laughs) and it's that, and I'm watching it, and it's a hilarious video, and I'm like, all right, I'm at Best Buy, and I'm like, I don't know what this thing is. It's like all in Japanese. You have to read subtitles the whole time. There's no English in it at all. And now, after playing that game, that one I finished. I mean, that was 30 hours for just the story, and then there's a 100 hours more stuff to do afterwards. But I went straight through the story. My wife thought I was missing because I just, every night I was up here <laughs> playing Yakuza for five, six hours at a time. And 
I just absolutely fell in love with it. I don't know whether it's the action because it's fun or if it's just all the side stuff and that it's super weird because it's very Japanesey and has all these crazy things that are going on. Uh, it's hilarious. I mean, I LOLs for real. I laugh out loud constantly playing that game. So now, of course, I have every Yakuza game that they ever came out with. I even bought the imports. So, Dang, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't read Japanese or understand it at all. I actually have to pick up my phone or turn on my PC, and I I copied some let's plays uh, where they where they changed the cutscenes all to English and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, spoiler alert! If you go to the what was it the 2017 top 20 videos or something, Yakuza wins. <laughs> But you can see, like, I'm boom, 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 boom. I couldn't stop comparing it to everything, even when God of War came out. (laughs) It's the most fun I've ever had playing something that I had no idea about. It's rare these days that you really get surprised. And that one Mm -hmm. came out of nowhere. It was like, I don't know. Not everybody's going to like that game, maybe. But I think you should, because it's... It's a good time. It's got a really good story. That's the thing, is it's like a really cool crime drama and everything, but then... In the middle of that, in Yakuza 6 anyway, you're in the middle of all this really like hardcore, like heavy stuff, and then you bump into someone on the street, and it's this kid that needs help, and you have to go dress up in like a character suit, and he does this funny little dance and stuff, and the guy's name is Ono, because at the end of that, he says a bunch of words, and then he goes, oh no, and it's hilarious, because <laughs> you're sitting there, and then as soon as you get done with that, you go back to chasing after the guys that, that are like trying to take down your mob and all that, it's like... Yeah, it's it's someone who likes to play different games one hour at a time's dream because there's one hour of every different thing and you just don't have to change the disc. You just keep going, mm-hmm. just That's change cool. it up. They even have arcade games in there. You can play Outrun. You can play, uh, what is it, Virtual Fighter? Like you go into an arcade in the city, Club Sega, and then you use the money that you made in the game to put quarters in and then your guy sits down, but everything they do is totally dramatic. So when he sits down to play Outrun, he's like, and it goes like this and does the whole thing and then they then they dive into the mm. it's just great <laughs> absolutely I could talk about Yakuza all day I contemplated just turning it into a Yakuza channel <laughs> so and you'd be the biggest Yakuza lore channel pro- well maybe I don't know if there is a well, I've already lore. subscribed to some guys that are straight up Yakuza channels so <laughs> there's a few of them already out there and I don't That's speak cool. Japanese and I think they do I helps them out so <laughs> I think uh, Yakuza. I think most of the games are actually free on Game Pass right now. I yeah, I was so. gonna. I might have to try them now because I do have Game Pass for two more months. Mm-hmm. This is what I tell everybody: start with Yakuza Zero because it was the prequel to everything else. Because the original was on PS2, and then they had games on PS3, and then onto PS4. But Yakuza Zero goes back before everything. So if you like Yakuza Zero, and it's a super strong entry in the whole series, it just then when you play Yakuza One for the first time you'll actually be ahead of the game when you start the game because you'll already know some of the story and, mm-hmm. and everything that's not a yakuza game it just has yakuza in the title <laughs> <laughs> it's a really funny weird racing game that you chase after because for those who don't know a yakuza is a japanese mafia basically it's like the mob okay uh, so it's like if you play a godfather game or something like that this is like Japanese mafia, but they're they're the guys where if you make a mistake, you cut off your pinky and stuff like that. It's they're mm-hmm. very hardcore. Um, but that thing was that racing game. You're just ch- chasing after guys that are yakuza. So 
There's some EQs of zero. There's a well, dance game. There's a <laughs> slot car racing mini game. You have to go fishing, and you can catch a great white shark off the dock. Um, <laughs> there's, it's figured out. There's there's actually places where you have to go in. There's a phone. I don't want to say it's like a phone dating mini game. You go in there, and he picks up the phone, and of course he doesn't just go like this. He goes, "Oh God!" It's like a whole cutscene happens. <laughs> It's too much, man. I, like I said, I go on for days. But see, this stuff you're seeing with all like the serious stuff, it's a great story, too. And it actually isn't super predictable or anything. And you could play just the story and leave all that other crap out, and it would still be good. So, anyway. Who's well, zero? There, there's, a there. second, there's a second half to Will's question <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, okay. Second half. Uh, some of the favorite games you play with your kids? Favorite games with kids. Um, I love playing Halo with my son because that's just that's fun. Mm-hmm. And it brings you back to the old days. I like playing. Um, I do play Minecraft with them. That's a lot of fun. They are so good at it. I don't even understand. The kid's seven, and he's already just like knows the codes to type in for all the little mod things that you can do. He's like, oh, I need some barrier blocks here. And so let me just type this in. And he's building all kinds of things that do all this stuff. So that's great fun to play with them. Um, I have a VR, and even though they're not supposed to be old enough to play it i got that darth vader immortal recently on the psvr <laughs> and it's just fun to watch him because he's standing here just he's a lightsaber in and everything <laughs> so i don't really limit what they play we don't sit back and go well they can't play that or they can play this i play everything with them and i know what they're playing so um if they're into it and if it's an old game or a new game i mean i even let my son play yakuza with me but not the story part we did the fishing and he was laughing like crazy when we reeled in a shark, you know? So <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to recommend a game to you. that's just good, solid, quick fun. You ever played ocean horn? No. What's that on? So ocean horns on basically everything. Uh, okay. but ocean horn two is an Apple arcade exclusive, but you can get ocean horn on the switch, the PS4, the Xbox one, the Vita, um, mm-hmm. PC, iOS, Android, uh, basically anything that can run a a game can run this from the current gen and even some previous gen stuff uh, like the Vita. But um, overall, essentially, it's like Zelda Lite. You can get through a dungeon in about maybe two hours or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole game is about 12 to 15 hours. Okay. It's really yeah, good fun. Some Diablo before and some other things. The Minecraft Dungeons is just Diablo Lite. They play that and and they do like some of the Zelda stuff. But again, Zelda, you have to remember where you were and what you were doing. Trust mm-hmm. me, this game is not that type of game. But I'll show okay, you this. Cool. Is, you can see what it is. It's actually got voice acting, which was a little jarring at first. But it's just like it's like a Zelda Lite. Yeah, it looks it's very like fun. It. Super dramatic follow. voice acting too. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes it so much better because it's like B-rated, super dramatic voice acting. But it's it, just that sounds very Yakuza then. So <laughs> if it's ridiculous voice acting, but it's like if you mix a Link to the Past with Wind Waker because you got the aesthetics yeah. of Wind Waker, but you've got more of the top down that you get in like mm-hmm. Legend, a Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Is this a single player type of thing? It is single player, but it's yeah, fun but to it's... watch and play with. With like, you know, you can watch your son play it and sit alongside him or take turns as somebody dies and swap that kind yeah. of thing well when my kids were when they were littler i would play stuff like zelda and i would just be amazed at my daughter would sit there and she'd go hey that thing over there 
pick that up and put it over here and that'll make the door open and stuff. So, I mean, they didn't really know they were still, she was little. She wasn't really playing games physically, but she knew what to do in them. And it was so fun to go, really? You figured that out? Oh, you did. You know, and it's like, (laughs) that's great. Anything you can do with your kids to include them with stuff that Mm -hmm. you're into just is great. Mm -hmm. So, and they're already starting to teach me stuff that I didn't know. So that's cool too. Well, that, that, you know, fresh eyes, that really helps out. Absolutely. They don't have a 40, 40, uh, however many years of bias. Right. So yeah, they're not, they're not stuck with a specific game mechanic. Like, like even me, I'm, I'm, I'm playing some new games and I'm like, man, this game mechanic makes no sense. But the kid next door playing this game is like, dude, this is just how games are now. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm trying to get into Fortnite or something and I'm just seeing all these things. Cause I like shooters. I played a million of shooters and it's just like, gosh, I didn't even really like the new doom eternal as much as I liked the other dooms because it's got kind of not really doomish mechanics with all of the platforming and stuff that you have to do. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that, where they just <laughs> fresh eyes for sure. They would like the new stuff a lot more than I do for some reason. So I don't like the new dooms. I think I'm one of the few people that can say that. <laughs> 16. I liked, I liked that one a lot, but the, the newest one, they just messed with the formula a little too much. I, I think it was cause I liked the music a lot too. You know, I had to buy the soundtrack because that's just like it's good. Yeah, the music is very good. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, what are some of your favorite gaming content creators on the platform? Uh, my absolute favorite guy that I watch every video and I, you know, click the bell and all that stuff. It's called Worth a Buy, and he's from England. And he's he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of people on there now. But when I first started, he had maybe fifty thousand. And he does primarily PC games, but if you, and he, he gets very negative on certain things, but (laughs) also, I mean, he will applaud the stuff that's good, but if there's something wrong with the game, he will, he will just destroy it. But if you look, it's funny. If I think I looked on his channel before, if you look at his description, like how he codes his videos, they're listed as comedy and it's not just negative for negative sake it's he does it in such a funny way and and the thing is is i'm not a pc player very much because i just don't have the hardware for it everything he does is on pc so a lot of his stuff like he'll start off with um talking about the specs and what you can change and the settings and all this kind of stuff uh, so that's not really anything that i get into too much he does do some playstation and everything as well but I just like watching it for multi-platforms mostly uh, to just see what he says. Because if he says it's good and I buy it 9.9 times out of 10, I agreed with him. So um, it's just too funny. I mean, I sometimes like to go back and watch the games that he hated the most because it's just too much fun to listen to. (laughs) It's good times. Um, Very cool. (laughs) But he's got a bigger channel. So there was one other guy that I was going to mention um, uh, Metal Gear Glenn, I believe, is the name. I find myself listening to these guys that are from the other side of the pond. Um, Will does he's, too. Mm-hmm. He's he's English also, but just his voice and his accent and everything, and the way that he uh, talks about things. Yeah, this guy. See, he doesn't have a ton of subscribers or anything, but he reviews some of the good stuff and he makes great points. But he's also really funny. And I like listening to this guy too. 
So to get somebody that has a bigger channel that maybe not everybody's heard of, that's one. And then this guy's a smaller channel that I also enjoy watching his stuff. Very he's cool. been around a little while. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like, like what he's doing. Maybe a collab in the future between uh, Chad and Metal Gear Glenn would be in order. Yeah, maybe. I'm sweet. I know. Actually, by the way, I meant to tell you, I think OEB Pete is uh, trying to find your channel. So I'll just I'll oh. at both of you guys. And when okay. we do our tour Tuesday, I'll at both of you guys. He'll, he'll find you. He was talking oh. about having you on his PM and the PM podcast sometime. Oh, yeah. Especially if we're talking some old and television stuff. I got that. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. That'd be awesome. All right, next one. Uh, what are some of your uh, favorite non-gaming content creators? Uh, the non-gaming stuff uh, I do get in. I like to watch. I'm not, like, good at music, but I like to mess with it. So I like to watch guys that do that. But the thing that I've – you remember a few years ago when, of course, Bob Ross, everybody was, like, Bob Ross all over the place and Twitch and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I mean, they're still out there, but it was, like, the big wave hit. Um, mm-hmm. So my wife thought it was a funny joke to buy me the kit. And so <laughs> I actually can – paint stuff now legit it doesn't look bad and i'm not just saying that because i did it but it doesn't look terrible and uh but a lot of people don't know that bob basically does the exact same shtick as the guy who trained him which is uh bill alexander so if you put in bill alexander art i think it is uh if you like yeah there he is this guy uh He's been gone for a while, but he was like 80-something by the time uh, by the time he died. But this is the guy who taught Bob how to do what Bob does. And he's a, like an older German guy that um, he's got a real thick accent, and he doesn't hold back. Where Bob is really soft and wants you to happy trees and stuff. This guy says, you take the paintbrush, you fire it in. And he's he's like intense. It's crazy. So I love watching this. Every video he puts out, I watch, especially when I'm laying down at night. I got to get something. I'll show you. This is hilarious. Um, he wrote he wrote an autobiography back like in the 80s, and I found it on Amazon. So it's the Bill Alexander book. But what's really cool is this one that I got off of Amazon. Um, let's see, which page is it? He signed the thing. He signed it, so it says to Jerry, but at least when I read this, I just pretend my name's Jerry. <laughs> but, yeah, Bill Alexander. If you're into, like, any kind of painting or whatever, or you like Bob Ross and you want to know where he learned how to paint like that, this is where it came from. So he's – this guy's awesome. <laughs> Again, my kids and my wife think I'm crazy because I'm sitting here listening to this guy yelling at me about painting. <laughs> it's so funny. Paint the strokes. <laughs> like he's like he's like you don't do it like this you fire it and he goes break your brush and he's but it looked great at the end you're like maybe he's right my daughter was at a a pottery thing you know where you paint your own pottery and stuff Mm -hmm. and the kids that were in there thought she was crazy because i saw a video that one of the other parents took she was doing this jamming the paint onto the thing because she saw this guy so we can all be like He's another one of those positive guys where nothing's impossible. So you get that from him, too. Half of his videos, he'll paint for half of the video. The first half, he tells you all of his theories on life. It's great. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> you get weird stuff from me sometimes. That's what you know. <laughs> hey, everybody's got that subscription where it's like, I bet nobody I know ever watches this guy. Mm-hmm. You know? So. <laughs> 
Um, is there anything that we've missed that you would like to discuss or anything you'd like to ask us? No, I mean, I'm just glad you guys had me on and everything. And uh, I know you guys are going to continue to be successful because you're putting in some hard work here. And I can see that because I know what it takes to do these things as often as you do in that. So, I mean, other than that, I just want to say thanks. And I know you guys are going to keep going good. So, And if you no. like Chad the last three days, we are talking about in television with Chad tomorrow, provided he's not completely dead tired at this point. <laughs> oh, no, I'm fine. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> I know Will's dying over there, so yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Soul is leaving my body, but it's okay. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on for this interview. That that was really fun learning more about you, especially since I've been watching your channel since at least about the time we reviewed your channel with John Black. So nice to get to know you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, As always, having... I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm still Chad, the gaming dad. Are you sure? <laughs> That's what my shirt says. Okay, okay. And <laughs> we will see you on next Curlcast. Where's bye guys, Will? Bye guys. <laughs>
Development of the console began in 1977, the same year as the introduction of its main competitor, the Atari 2600. In 1984, Mattel sold their video game assets to a former Mattel Electronics executive and investors that would become the INTV Corporation. Games development started in 1978 and continued until 1990 when the Intellivision was discontinued. From 1980 to 1983, over 3 million Intellivision units were sold. According to the company's 1982 form, 10K, uh, Mattel had almost 20% of the domestic video game market, and I'm sure Tommy would love to recapture that amount of a percentage (laughs) of the market, so Mm -hmm. good luck, Tommy. Um, Mattel Electronics provided 25% of the revenue and 50% of the operating income in fiscal 1982. That's quite a bit of money. In 1983, 750,000 Intellivision Master Components were sold and more than 3 million units from 1980 to 1983. In all, two variants of the Intellivision were produced. I believe Chad has both of them. You feel free to show them off now. Yeah. Um, there was the original in 1979-1980. the original with the, the wood grain, and then they uh, came out with the Intellivision 2, which was more of a redesign. It's, it's a lot... It was cheaper, I think, and it's like more plastic and yeah, things like that. I don't that. like that one nearly as much. No. This one's this one's okay. I think my parents bought this because they thought that it was like a better in television. This was before the days like what we have now with PS1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all that. Just because it has a 2 doesn't mean that it was like the next one. Back then they just made it again. Honestly, I think they just made it cheaper. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, fair enough. And it doesn't and it doesn't it, it's missing some of the hardware that the original has. Because it won't do certain things that the other one will do. The other one will play everything. This one, I do not believe, plays any of these IntelliVoice games. You have to have the IntelliVoice that plugs into it, which is uh, this bad boy here. But this won't work in this. And then so you lose out on some of those games. And what the heck is it? I got a whole pile here. Yeah, here you go. I showed this on one of my videos. Uh, you would actually find games like this at the store not for use with Intellivision 2. Won't work. Third-party stuff, you know. So those are the two. (laughs) There you go. I think there was also a big keyboard when it originally came out that you could put this into. Great big keyboard. And it was supposed to be some kind of home computer. And I think that's why my grandfather wound up buying this for me when I was a kid because he thought I'd learn how to type or something. We never wound up getting the keyboard. Um but yeah, it's it was expensive too when it came out. I believe it was like four hundred bucks, which in nineteen eighty money was yeah. like a thousand now. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't a cheap thing to get. And guess what? It still works. I could plug this in right now and plug some games in. Might have to uh, use some alcohol on the con- connectors or whatever, but just because they're the games, but it still works. This video that you see here, I actually captured some of it because I was showing how you could play it on different things, but I captured some of the video off of this unit that was copyright 1979 back when I was just a mere five-year-old. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. They even had this guy do ads for him. What an intimidating figure. (laughs) So... So just to finish off this little explanation, I'm uh, I'm glad to see both those consoles alive and well and in Chad's mm-hmm. possession because we know he's going to maintain them like you know like other yeah. people probably would toss these in the trash. No, Chad is the guy. He's going to do it. He's going to keep these consoles in good condition and have them for show and tell pieces forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, the other two variants of the Intellivision, there was the three and the four. 
both were canceled in 1983 amidst the video game crash. And uh, I saw some images of them. I, it all looks like prototype images, so and I don't know if it's really worth showing right now. Uh, but in 2009, the video game web, website IGN named the television the number 14 greatest video game console of all time. It also remained Mattel's only video game console release, or video game console released until the release of the Hyperscan, which I don't know if you remember that. That's such an odd console. I didn't have that, no. You want to see it? I'll show you guys. It's a ridiculously weird concept for a... Although, honestly, it might be similar to what Tommy's planning to do with the... uh, With the... um, uh, Amico. Because it's like little cards that you scan into the into the console see oops see these little uh, cards you plug it in and then you scan a card i do remember seeing that now yeah okay i just yeah it's such a weird concept back in you know 2000 was it 2009 2006 i'm sorry i remember wanting one but not knowing why i wanted one (laughs) so there's that they look like they were late to the game because when i saw the intro of that video i thought man that thing looks really 90s and then i'm like no it was 2006 who produced that thing (laughs) You know, it almost reminded you of those like old Sega, those weird '90s Sega commercials and stuff. But oh yeah, the Hyperscan had that '90s name too. You know, Hyper. No. Hyperscan. Hyper. Hyper. Watch out! Everything's crazy. And so. then, uh, famously, the Intellivision brand and games are currently with Tommy Tallarico, producing the Intellivision Amico, April of 2021. So. That's the uh, short version of the history of the Intellivision. I'm sure that other channels can do it much better than I did, but there you go. If you don't know what Intellivision is, now you have some inkling of an idea. Uh, So what do we remember about the original Intellivision? What was our first introduction to the console? Uh, I'll let Chad go first since he's probably got the most firsthand experience of the Mm -hmm. three of us. This was my first console I ever got. My (laughs) grandpa had an Atari at his house and me and my cousins would play that, but I never got an Atari. I got this. And this was the first thing that I got, and it came packaged with Blackjack and and Vegas games. So here I am, five years old, learning how to play poker on it. (laughs) Grandpa thought I was going to learn how to type, and little did he know I was playing Blackjack and poker, because that's what came with it, you know? (laughs) And games like this uh, baseball game, that was great. Uh, We talked to Tommy, and he's saying that the new games are going to have AI. Back then, they didn't have AI, so... There's my dad. I used to have to play against him all the time, and he would just whoop my butt all the time. I remember also playing baseball with this thing. Um, you got the two controllers, and they're physically attached. They don't come off. They're just like on these phone cords, right? So you got two controllers. I remember sitting on the floor and pitching with this one and then hitting with this one so that I could play it alone to just get practice on the baseball game. And then it would hit, and then you'd have to throw your one controller down and then grab the other one to run the guy over to but then your base runner would stop running. It was not ideal, but <laughs> I remember doing that. That was fun. So, yeah, I, I played the crap out of that thing. It went everywhere. If I went to go visit my grandparents for a while when I was a kid, that was packed in the bags and hooked up on their TV when I got there. So uh, it was great. My sister played it with me, but she was a little younger than me, so uh, she didn't play it much. It was already kind of getting old by the time she was old enough to play stuff. But, uh, yeah, I... That's why it still looks like this, because I still have the box. I have all my games in their boxes. Everything That's is here. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, I probably have a whole pile of them. I mean, they're well used. They're well used. It's not like they're... I mean, all the games and all the boxes... Well, you had to save them, because all the games 
um, these these overlays that you see on here, like this one for demon attack. You have to put it in there to know what to press. So yeah, when I was a little kid, I had to learn how to be like real picky with my games and not lose the pieces because if you you wouldn't know how to play because otherwise it looks like a phone. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is just, I got a whole box down here filled with all my old stuff and every crease, every crease that's on this box, every little bit of wear and tear came from, from me when I was little. So I love, I just love looking at that stuff. So when I have a bigger house and more room, I will have a shelf of Intellivision just so I can see it. So, and on the end of that shelf, the Amico. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I remember about the Intellivision, I'm not going to lie, the first time I played an Intellivision game was one of those Intellivision collections. And I think it was for the Game Boy Advance, if I remember correctly. It was either that or it was There's some... 3DS I think, one. I don't. I, I actually didn't get a 3DS until okay. 2019. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was really late on the 3DS train. Um, I had a Vita before I had a 3DS, if that tells okay. you anything. Um, I, some I, of those compilations were rough though because they're kind of like emulating it and this thing mm -hmm. is really tough to emulate for if you get a raspberry pi or whatever you can't just throw in television games on there you almost have to go find one of these things because um you unique controller it's tough to emulate this you know mm -hmm. and that's how it is and so a lot of those things that you're talking about like on the ps2 and then some of them have sound issues some of them have other things that are wrong with them because they're 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 essentially emulating it, and it just doesn't work great. Oh no, it was the GameCube version I played. It was this one. Okay, yeah, that's what I played. That, yeah, that, I talked about that in one of the videos that I did with the. Uh, I don't have the GameCube version, but I do have the Xbox and the PS2 version, and then also the one that's on the 3DS. And 3DS one's pretty fun. You can sit and lay down and play that. But uh, and the Circle Pad probably does a decent job with emulating mm -hmm. the uh, the original controller. Well, and it's nice because, you know, these overlays, the bottom screen becomes oh, the overlay. Cool. Mm, that's really so cool. It's just like holding the old controller. It's great. Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my first experience was playing one of these compilations. And uh, uh, our buddy, Timmy, tell me more from uh, from his uh, his channel, has already told me that when I get the Amico, he's going to ship me his his Intellivision consoles, I can compare them for a weekend and then send it back to him. So that'll be fun. <laughs> it's a lot of shipping, but yeah, that's cool. Or maybe I'll just have Timmy and his family come up for a weekend and have some fun. We'll see. Cool. Well, we'll see yeah. what happens. But uh, I'm excited to actually physically play one since I've only played emulated versions on other consoles. Mm -hmm. I know that probably is just like, uh, to you, you're like, need to play the original hardware. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It works better on the original hardware, but... As long as you're playing them, it's good. The other thing that's cool is I believe if you look this up, if I'm not mistaken, this was 16-bit. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so if everybody gets all into the bit wars, you know, they didn't get into, like, 16-bit with the Sega Genesis and the uh, Super Nintendo and everything. Well, this thing was competing against the Atari and had that. So some of the graphics on this were advanced at the time. It did a lot more stuff than the other consoles would do. And mm -hmm. so it was kind of cool. You can find some games on this that just won't play on an Atari. Or if you do play it on the Atari, it's like apples and oranges. It doesn't even look mm -hmm. like the same game. So in yeah. television, it's the way to go. You got to definitely try it, especially if you're into Atari stuff and retro things like that. Find a way to play some in television stuff because it was, there's some quality stuff in there for sure. 100. I uh, 
I've been interested in this since the game, especially since the controller on the Amico looks like the original Intellivision controller. Yeah. I, I find that so interesting and in how they came to that decision. But yeah. the more I hear about it, the more I think it was the right decision. Yeah. Well, these games would lend themselves to that. And this, I also compared it to the analog sticks that we eventually got. I used to actually have a thing for this that you would stick on here and it had a joystick that came up <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you could use it like that. But it's, I mean, you can't really see it. Ah, bumped into that, but you can't see it too well. But like, see how, like you can hear it. It, it clicks. Mm-hmm. It's got mm-hmm. a big spring in there. So you can like just push it down. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it, but it like, it really rotates all the way around. So pretty responsive, mm-hmm. especially for the day. Like you would, you could play all kinds of stuff with that and mm-hmm. it, it worked really well. So, so what do you guys think of all these brands, Atari and television, making big comebacks in this year, um, well, or the next year and a half, I should say? Uh, are, do you really think Atari is making a big comeback? In a different way, I do think Atari is making some kind of a brand comeback. I don't know if it'll actually make enough sales to make a comeback, but okay. the brand is actually being recognized because it is releasing a console and all the micro consoles and new Atari games like uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember what the latest one was, but um, they are releasing, like, uh, what's that game with the ship that drives around? Is it Gradius? Not Gradius. Um, Tempest. Tempest. The new mm, Tempest yeah. M4000. So Atari is putting out new games. I'm just not sure which subsidiary or part of the, uh, you know, like, spread out Atari franchise is doing it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of the problem that Atari always had, even with the crash back then, is there was too many cooks in the kitchen, and uh, with Tommy taking over the whole thing and kind of putting his own stamp on there and everything, it's love it or hate it. It's going to have a solid vision behind it. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. going to be all kinds of this and that. It's going to be it, what he's saying he's trying to make. And that's going to help it at least that you'll, like I said, love it or hate it. If you love it, you'll know what you're getting. Yep, Whereas exactly. the Atari thing, who knows sometimes. So. So many different people own bits and pieces of that all over the place. Mm-hmm. So. so what do you guys think is the single most important thing that would make the Amico a success? Mm-hmm. Just fulfill the promises that Tommy's making. <laughs> I realize it's like multiple things, but I mean, it's it's at the point where, because it really is bucking the trends of today that it, if it really does what, he does, what he's saying it's going to do, it's going to be successful because it's so different. By just bringing in what, like, it's making old new again. Mm -hmm. Just make it simple and make it fun. That's it. And that's what he's talking about, is he just wants to take out all of the complexity, not because because that's a bad thing in some of our other systems, like PS4s and 5s and all these things, but not everybody wants to get that deep into something to make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, simplicity, I think, is the key for him. And the thing from talking to him that I, I think is the most important thing is the word of mouth, right? So your hardcore gamers are, are not going to be into this necessarily for themselves, but to play with their family, right? So you might get a PS5 and you might get an Amico, you know what I mean? And the, the Amico would be reserved for more family-oriented gaming. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think it's going to be a great addition to other things, and then for some people it'll be the only thing they want because they just want that, something simple. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how the Nintendo Switch was the also-bought console of this generation where people would buy a uh, 
PS4 and Xbox One, but they would also get the Switch. If they could have that attach rate where people are buying PS5 and Xbox Series X, but also get the Amico because of what it is and how different it is, that would be a win in my book. And I think if they could get that kind of attach rate amongst hardcore gamers, the hardcore gamers are going to shill it, you know, for lack of better words, to their friends and family. And then they're going to be like, wow, this is amazing. This is like the next Wii. I want this too. And I think mm-hmm. that could work really well for them. But you, you have to come up with a good word. Got to come up with a good word. Like, remember, you used to have like the Wii S3. They'd say you have to have both. Yeah. So we got to find a way to to attach Amico to PS5 or Xbox Series X or something. It's the PS5 Amigo, the Amigo to the PS5. (laughs) It's its friend. There you go. Anyways, uh, anything else you guys want to say about Intellivision? Play it. Give it a try. If you never did, you'll like it. It's good. Other than the fact that like I've never actually played the the original system, however, it's instantly recognizable. So everyone knows what that system looks like, even if they've never had it. That's true. Like, you know, like with the Amico, like I knew exactly that like what system that was before, like um, you know, even being told what it was supposed to be modeled after, just because it has such a recognizable uh, shape and um, you know, yeah. yeah. It's definitely unique, and it's going to stand out amongst all this other stuff. So Absolutely. I think he's onto something. Tommy might just be onto something. Might be. <laughs> he might be onto something. Yeah. Isn't that mm-hmm. what he said himself? <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Chad the Gaming Dad. And uh, go watch our Monday episode to hear more about the Amico. Oh, um, definitely. And we will see you. On the next Krillcast. Bye, guys. See ya. <laughs>
and uh, we are able to make objections for points that make no sense or have no context to this argument. So if Will says, I object, which he does on occasion, and I never I do have to point, You have to object like this. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely do it. Okay. Um, if he says, I object, you get to choose whether it's sustained or overruled. So you get to choose whether it's removed from the case or mm-hmm. in the case. I feel like you need to take notes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's it. That's basically it. Adam Corlick introduced that rule, which was You also don't have to ask his questions. Like, you don't. Easily, most of the time... Most some, judges don't. Most of the time, Will makes the better case, and they don't ask him questions. So. It's but not, then I, I win. Have but then one I win. Time, one time I didn't get a question. Usually it's like, your argument sucks, and here's why. <laughs> it's like, that wasn't even a question. <laughs> All right. So here we go. All right. Um, I think that given the amount of time I have to play games from now, you know, I, I guess I liked retro games more because i could play more of them when i bought them nowadays every game's open world and not every game needs to be open world i mean look at the original halo games halo one while albeit semi-open world for some of the games you could choose different paths still followed a linear formula and it's still considered one of the greatest games of all time how many open world games are considered the greatest games of all time far less than the linear games halo one two three a perfect trilogy Halo 4, Halo 5, albeit not as good, but still good, are still linear. Halo Infinite, open world has people a little nervous. And for good reason. A lot of games have gone open world, and it works for some and doesn't work for others. It may work for Halo, but it's got people nervous. Fable's about to go open world. Assassin's Creed went open world. Zelda went open world. How many games need to be open world before we start getting the hint that not everything needs to be open world? I stopped playing Assassin's Creed when I went open world because there's too much stuff to do. I get really lost. Red Dead Redemption 2, Cowboy Western Simulator. A lot of people say Red Dead Redemption 1 was better. I don't know if you do, but I do. I think 1 was better um, because there wasn't too many choices. Too many choices actually makes me feel limited because I have too many choices to make, so I make no choices. (laughs) And then I put the game away and I don't play it for years and then come back to it like five years later. Too many choices is bad, in my opinion. Less choices means I can actually get through a game and enjoy it. Too many choices, I don't make a choice at all, and then I end up not playing it. So uh, that's my first thing. My second thing is that uh, open world is kind of a cheap way to make a game longer. Just because you have an open world doesn't mean the game's better. Doesn't mean the game's longer game does not equal better game, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, And a lot of game devs get lazy and just make an open world by generating a bigger landscape and then just filling it with fetch quests. Can you imagine if they took a game like, uh, let me think of a good one. Um, or just for example, can you imagine if Halo 1 was open world back in the day when they had it on the Xbox? It, it would not look nearly as good. It'd be too big for the game to process it or the, the system to process it well. So they'd have to fill it with a lot of uh, open voids. Uh, and it, I don't think it would be as good if they did it with the original Halo. Um, and they are getting too big because there's no way I can finish 10 games from this gen in the same amount of time I can finish 10 games from the N64, GameCube, and uh, even the Super Nintendo era, the NES era. It's just too big. You can't play as many games. It's really unfortunate. So, And they don't they fill up your whole hard drive. So <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't want... I mean, too many of these big open games, you end up with, like you've said in your videos... Too yeah. many hard drives, not enough games. So. I have quite a collection of hard drives now. It's great. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> so that's my, my final part of my making the case. So do you have any questions for me? 
No, I think you said things pretty well there. Um, uh, are there any... Would you say that some games have benefited from open world? You said just because it's open world doesn't make it better, but do you think that sometimes certain ones were made better for being bigger? I can't think of any game that would be worse if it were smaller than what it currently is. Um, shorter? I, I, you could make an argument for a shorter game being worse, but making a game smaller in the landscape, I don't think that would ever make a game bad. I don't think the size of the game... It's more the filler content you have when a game gets too big. And a lot mm-hmm. of games that go open world get too big for their britches, and then you end up with a lot of filler content that nobody wants. So... No, I don't think that... I Yes, I do think games get too big, but I don't think a game can be too small. All right. I guess we're on to Will. All right. So I'm just going to counter some of, some of Chris's arguments instead of trying to be unique and come up with my own stuff. <laughs> All right. So um, the reason why I don't think that it's necessarily a, a bad thing to go open world, a lot of these titles that were pr- previously linear are going open world, is that they're actually fulfilling the original drug plan and dream of the developers so zelda here playing in the background the original zelda was relatively open for the time you can do dungeons in different order and when they were designing this game they actually had that original design in mind where they're trying to make it where you could basically do things out of order you can explore a lot more and you're not stuck in this linear path and the funny thing is with like the zelda formula a lot of that came from the limitation of the hardware, which is no longer a limitation. So the developers for this game thought, you know, why maintain that formula that really was only put in place because of the limitations? Um, and, you know, the, the, unfortunately, people were, like, really in love with that <laughs> structure. So it didn't go over super well for some people. But for a newcomer to the series, this was a great introduction to Zelda for me. And the, the open world was very appealing to me, and I thought they did a great job of filling it in. Uh, with things to do, and it wasn't open and bland, which I know Chris is one of one of Chris's arguments. Many of the Ubisoft games are like that, where it's very open, but it's just not uh, filled in. So done right by the right developer, I think an open world game is pretty great. Another thing with with Halo, how it's going semi open world, where you'll have these open sections um, that you can go back and revisit, kind of like a Metroidvania game. Again. That was the original vision for Halo, the very first Halo. You can see that in some missions like the Silent Cartographer. Um, and then the whole back half of the game, you actually backtrack through what you've already done. And although that was partly due to limitations, it's also part of that's was the original plan, was to have more of an open-world game and have you backtrack to find secrets. Um, and that's something now that they can fulfill because you know the, the hardware is powerful enough. Um and then Chris is saying that it's a bad thing to have too many choices and having too much to do. And I, although I understand the argument, because I do think a lot of games can get, when it gets up to like 100 hours to actually finish the main story, it's, it's kind of ridiculous because it's not something you can pick up and go. Um, having a lot of choices and actually being able to explore, um, if there's a good save file system where you can save your progress, like no matter where you are in the world, it's actually pretty great. Because you can pick up to play 20 minutes, and like Zelda is a great example of this. Pick up 20 minutes, you can go. You can go cook some potions. You can go and complete a couple of the shrines, and then not even touch the main story within those 20 minutes, and still feel like you've actually accomplished something. 
Whereas mm-hmm. with the linear story, sometimes you will, you know, play 30 minutes and feel like nothing's actually been accomplished. And then, especially if it has a really punishing uh, save point system, you end up losing all of that progress when you go back to it. I feel that way with some of the older Zelda games where I end up having to like restart a dungeon several times because I can't get through it the first time. So I can have to go all the way to the, to the very beginning and then walk all the way through the rooms again to figure out where I was. Uh, whereas in this game, I, I, I don't have that problem because, you know, I don't necessarily have to start a dungeon. If I only have 20 minutes, I can go do something else. Um, let's see. What, what are some of the other points that you made? I think, I think that's it. I, th- I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad a, a bad thing to have more options. I, I like having the open world system. Oh, and another one, Fable. Again, they're fulfilling a pro- the promise that they originally made of it um, being open world. So, like, a lot of these games that are going open world, I don't think every game should be, but a lot of them that are going open world, it's just because they're fulfilling the original plan that the developers had. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what they can do with that. And... Uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not even going to touch the gigabyte thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the extra hard drives. Yeah, so I, that's, the, that's the crushing blow to my argument. I already know, so I'm not going to even address it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even the single-player stuff going forward is going to require a lot of space, probably. So, mm-hmm. Or, I mean, the, the linear stuff, not just single-player. But All right, so I asked Chris kind of something to contradict himself, so I'm going to ask you sort of the same thing. Of, of all the open-world games that you like, you ever wish that one of them or a few of them maybe weren't quite so open world yeah like i was saying with the uh, a lot of the ubisoft games just those ones can get too big and they get bland so uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes where it's like i really didn't feel this way with zelda because i feel like wherever you went you found a new secret some of those games you go and you just find a tree that's that's all that's over there so it's like why did i walk all the way over this area when there's actually nothing there Mm -hmm. um yeah, so some some games can be very bland. Okay. Yeah, both good arguments. I don't have any objections to either. <laughs> All right. Well, you gotta make, close, make your closing argument. Yeah. So I think that a lot of games are going open world now, just because when developers originally envisioned these games, they had open world in mind, and because the hardware is powerful enough to actually, you know, bring that vision to life, uh, they're they're doing it to various you know scales of success uh, but i think a lot of them have benefited from it and i look forward to some more of my favorite childhood games going this way okay all and right yours my closing <laughs> argument so being a bigger game just for the sake of being bigger which a lot of these devs have done um, even if it is true to the original vision of the developer it doesn't make the game better and a lot of times having a game be so big, um, it's more to drive people to keep playing the game well past when they should be and maybe buy microtransactions in the midst of all that, especially Ubisoft games. Um, but my real issue is I want to play more games, not more of the same game. And open world has not allowed me to do that. It makes me want have to keep coming back to a game well past when I normally would play it and I never feel like I can actually complete the game. So, like, for example, Breath of the Wild. I don't feel like I'll ever actually complete this game to the fullest, anyway. Like, I'll never be, like, the completionist and get 900 Korok seeds, right? There's just too much to do. Hmm. And for me, feeling like it feels like I don't get closure to the game because I'm never going to get to a point where I feel like I'm done with it. 
and that's a little depressing. So I try to stick to games that I can actually finish. Games that don't take up my entire hard drive of my Xbox One or my PS4. And uh, I think that devs all making their games open world means that no game sticks out. When was the last time a game that was great that wasn't open world stuck out to you? Um, I, I'd give you 10 minutes to try and find one. Um, but for example, Ori in the Blind Forest is not open world. It's more Metroidvania style. And that works and it's not too big. Cuphead, not too big, sticks out, really great game. Those are unique. Open world is no longer unique, and the open worlds are getting bigger and bigger and more and more bland. And although Breath of the Wild is beautiful to look at, I still prefer playing the older Zelda games that were linear, and I could get from start to finish without having to make a bajillion choices that I don't want to make. So, that's it. Alright. Well, I am prepared to make my judgment. So... <laughs> If you're prepared to hear it, I'll give it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So for a minute there, I was thinking it was going to be kind of a tie because I agree with some points for both of you. However, mm-hmm. I agree more points with Chris. So I'm going to have to give him the win. Okay. Uh, pointing this way. Yeah. There you go. So uh, the reason why is I also love a good open world game and I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima now. And that game looks amazing and everything. Uh, and I like the fact, like what Will said, is where you can save anywhere. I can go in and just do one thing, save and get out, and that's fine. But I sure would have probably liked that game more if it was more focused with the story, because I love a good story. On mm. a previous episode this week, we talked about my favorite game, Yakuza. It It appears open world when you first look at it, but it's only about, it's a small section of a city. It's not like you can just go forever. And actually, as you play through the games, you play the same section of the city in each game. It's the same part of like the red light district of Japan in, in Tokyo. But um, after a while, you get to know. You don't even have to look at the map. You, you live there. You now know where to go. And that's not because it's a giant open world. It's because you're in. It's like you're living in your own little town and you know how you go and everything. So in that one. If you stick to the story, it's also a, it's very linear. Uh, Breath of the Wild, I think I've played, gosh, probably like 30 hours of that thing. I'm nowhere near done with it. And like you, I will never finish that as much as I'd like to. 30 hours is almost, uh, almost as much as I play on any game, period. <laughs> you know, I finished every Halo because you can go straight through and just finish it. When I play Call of Duty in this and that, I play the story mode and I'm in, I'm out. And it's even if it's six hours, five hours, if it was good... Talk about, like, uh, what is it, Titanfall 2. Short and sweet. That was an amazing game. Great game, great single player for the for the linear story part. And, yeah, you got your multiplayer and everything. But I'll go back and play that again just because mm-hmm. it was really good. So I like the sense of a start, a middle, and an end. And then you get to the end and you're like, yeah. Even if it was hard and you finally beat it, you're like, boom, got it. Where the open worlds, like you said, especially with Ubisoft, wanting to constantly... I mean, how many times can you go find the bucket of water uh, again? And it's the exact same graphic. They don't even change it. It's the same mm-hmm. model, same bucket, same everything. And you do it again and again. Um, I do play some of those because I like the setting. Valhalla looks good because I like Viking stuff. And I'll want to play it for a while, but I'll never finish that either. So I would like things to get a little smaller. And that's part of the reason why I'm backing away from some of the new consoles is because 
everybody seems to want to just it's a fad it's like the flavor of the month but it's a long month because everybody's doing these open world games if you don't have an open world let's face it there's a lot of people on online on the internet that they're like what this thing isn't 100 hours they expect me to pay 60 bucks and it's only like 10 hours long if they're the best 10 hours you ever played that's worth it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know instead of like you said with the filler there's a lot of filler but like you said there are some games that are open world that if that's the vision that the like Miyamoto had the vision of Zelda going into the woods and looking in uh, looking in caves and things and that's what he could do here I can appreciate that but I also would probably like it to be a little shorter and smaller like you said in scope so that's why I give you the win but I do see a lot of the points for both of you so that's my two cents probably a lot more than two cents but so, I get so here, that way sometimes here's an argument I actually meant to make and I forgot to just, mm-hmm. just for fun um, I was going to say the older Zeldas are like the Lord of the Rings and Breath of the Wild is like the Hobbit it's longer mm-hmm. but why <laughs> that's that's a funny comparison but <laughs> I still really like Breath of the Wild I think it's a good game it because it was like it was my first 3D Zelda I, I like the Hobbit but um, wow. did it need to be nine hours? <laughs> Absolutely not, no. I mean, we were talking on earlier episodes this week about D'Amico and how it's going to be simple and fun. Mm-hmm. And if you want to say it like Gandalf, you just go, keep it simple, keep it fun. And then it's more, and then you can have a better time with it. You there know? you go. And I'm down for that. I mean, I like some big games too. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to want to play things like Red Dead Redemption, but I also... I haven't really played it that much because I started like, man, this is really cool. It looks like really awesome. And then it lost me. There yeah, wasn't the, there's no hook. It doesn't pull you in as much unless you choose to focus only on the story missions. You start going other places, it loses you, and then you're off to something else. Yep. Here's the hook. The testicles are like actually react to the temperature oh, yeah. on I the horses. I forgot about that. Yeah, about, that. about that. Well, now i got to go play it again. Yeah, I know, exactly. Like, i got to find this out. This. Yeah. Well, uh, I just want to say, uh, Chad, it's been a blast having you on here. Thank and you so much. Uh, I, I hope that you had a blast as well. Sure did. Thank you. And any of you guys that have watched this entire podcast and you haven't subscribed to Chad yet, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go subscribe to Chad the Gaming Dad's YouTube channel. Get him to that 2,000 subscriber mark and go watch, what was it, Tuber Tuesday, where we discussed what you're going to do at 2,000 subscribers? Yeah, yeah, we were talking about the uh, the world the world premiere that you guys had here where I'm going to do... Absolutely. My 2,000 subscriber special I'm planning is uh, going to be Hold taking on. a look we back. We want them to go watch the Tuesday video. Look, you will. Okay. Well, okay. No, that's fine. Is, they already maybe saw that, but it'll have <laughs> something. It might have something to do with my favorite episodes I've done up to this point. Yeah, there maybe. You I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. So if at least 10% of you, 50 of you guys, go and subscribe to Chad the Gaming Dad, you will find out what his 2,000 subscribers is all about. So, anyways... Had a lot of blast. I had a lot of blasts. Had a lot of fun <laughs> having Chad on the podcast. We've and, been on uh, a long time. We've all had a lot of blasts. So yeah, it's... <laughs> and uh, this is actually the longest one. So you set the record. Oh boy, that's because I just don't know how to zip it. And we yeah. had Tommy on. Who it was Tommy as well. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got you got double trouble here. With you. <laughs> yeah. As always, I'm Chris. I'm uh, Will, and I'm gonna I'm let. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Thanks, go ahead. Kid. For having me on and everything, I did have a great time. It was awesome. I was going to say, I'm going to let Chad sign this one off, and then I forgot you hadn't said your name yet. So when I say, and we will see you, you'll say, the line will always say, so ready? Um, okay. And we will see you 
on the next Krillcast. Is that what he exactly. says? Exactly. You got it. <laughs> Good. And Will, Good, you should I'm... say bye, guys, still. Yeah, bye, guys. <laughs> you guys. <laughs>